Gentlemen, welcome to the Misinformed Podcast, episode 21. Here we're with a very, very special guest. Special guest goes by the name of Chris. Chris, say what's up, man. How's it going? Hello, hello, hello. Pleasure to meet you guys. Meet awesome. you guys. Awesome. Know you guys. <laughs> Us right here, too. That's me. That's Wilbur. How's it going, guys? And that's uh, I really like that ASMR voice that you're putting out right now. Yes, it's very, it's very soothing. Here I bet you go. put down a lot of babies with that voice. Love buying to him. But yeah, guys. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and let's get this started. Let's get it. Let's go. Yo, let's freaking go, man. Hey. hey just to uh, quick inf- uh, inform everybody out there, we are missing a person. That would be it. All right, moving on. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on. Poor, poor, poor like Lewis. That. He had some bad Taco Bell, so he's going to be in the toilet for probably till tomorrow. So, I mean, oh, man. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's very unfortunate, but, I mean, the rest of us are still here, and we still have our special guest. Did Chris. you also say he was on the toilet? Yeah, I think he was on the toilet, too. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. Three hours, maybe two or three hours of that. So, yeah. who knows? <laughs> no, but seriously, he's he, he told he wasn't feeling well. He wasn't feeling well, so yeah. I mean, poor yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get we'll get to it later. Uh, but we, let's get on to let's uh, get on to the real <coughs> stuff right here with Chris here. Quick question before we get into the real nitty gritty. I have a question for you, bro. That's cool, man. Okay. When? Uh, oh, and, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? No, I know He's, his his I'm voice. Gets, his anyway. voice gets me too, bro. Uh, real quick, um, you've been listening to our podcast. Oh, one hundred percent. Actually, I guess whole, I guess the best way to say it would be that um, uh, uh, long time listener, long time fan, yeah. first time guest. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> number so, one fan over here. Let me ask you. Ask why. No capping, all right. Sure. Just, just because here in the Misinformed Podcast, we're all about constructive criticism. Here, yeah, we're always looking for ways to improve. What did you think about our first episode? All right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so a- a- episode one. Well, you know what? I, w- I won't even say episode one. In general, I'll say in general. Like you guys, have, it's been really notable that over time, you guys just have this innate ability of. Um, throughout all of the podcasts that you guys are actually doing, regardless of the quality of might that you guys have, regardless of where you guys are, the circumstances that you guys find yourselves in, if you guys are down one person or not, or if you feel as if, you know, the person that talks the most isn't here, you guys have an amazing ability of just, um, having that, that amicability within one another, where you guys are just the, the, the tone of conversation when you're listening to it is never lost. You know what I mean? Oh. So it, it's always there. It, it makes it seem as if even while you're listening and you as a listener are never participating in the conversation whatsoever, you still feel as if you're in a room with just four guys and they're learning just as, just as much as all of the rest of us are. 
and just trying to get as much knowledge as everybody else. And it's amazing. So, you know, in other that, words, our uh, first pod episode was a. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I was yeah. going to ask him. I was like, that sounds so beautiful. But that's not what I asked. That's not what I got to. <laughs> but let's be why, honest, man. Which I, is why I said, in general, I didn't say your first podcast. Let's be honest, man. The first episode, I was sick. Okay, there's nothing good about that. But I, I was still there, though. Because we wish, did it virtually. I wish I yeah. could say the same for, you know. for someone else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Let me ask you a second question that okay. pertains to the first episode. Um. So, uh, if you remember, uh, a certain somebody who is not here uh, oh, no. uh, expressed a uh, some words that he wanted to self-delete. In your professional uh, opinion, should you do you think that we should have him uh, committed for seventy-two <laughs> hours? Just just want to just want to put that out to you. Um, <laughs> in my professional opinion, no, no obviously not. Because you, 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 you can tell when something is obviously in a joking manner. But um, no, uh, I really wish. I genuinely do wish that I had the opportunity to meet him. Actually, because um, it, it's one thing to like. To, to, to listen over over just the podcast itself and not be able to put a face to the voice. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, 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 think about it like this. Yeah. Like, think about it like this. The fact that he's not here, he has no idea what I look like. No, <laughs> or you have no idea what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks that's, like. that's the thing, dude. Like, I, we tell others all the time, like, I can't imagine, because when I listen to podcasts and I've never seen these people, I don't know, like, you just imagine what they look like. Yeah. Exactly. Especially when it comes to like streamers that you haven't seen. You're like, I wonder what they look like. I, I what they seem like. Yeah. I, I genuinely thought you had glasses when I was listening. Oh, to them. okay. There exactly. you go. Like, but and, I, <laughs> and I don't know what it is about your voice, but it's something about it that makes it seem as if you have glasses. And I'm just like, mm. okay. And you know what? I, I do wear glasses. I have contacts on right now, but I do wear glasses. So you're kind oh, of, so you're kind of on there. Yeah. Right on the nose. You're okay. on the nose. Yeah. Okay. But, these, but these two, you've already known them, right? Yeah, okay. This is family over here. Honestly. Yeah. All right. You See, here's the thing. If I would have heard your voice first, oh my god, I don't know how I would imagine you. Because <laughs> like, is this corpse? Is this Because when I first saw you, I was like, "Oh, this line was cool." And then he started talking. I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> ASMR oh over boy. here." Oh boy. So right. let's just get. Let's yeah. just start from the beginning, real quick. I know Avio wasn't. Let's to, wait. Uh, no, go ahead. I just want to start from the beginning, like okay. very beginning. So. Uh, not a lot of people know, but we've known each other for a very, very long time. Very long time. Very long time. So this is like a very long time. Yeah. So, <laughs> so do you remember how, how we started off? Just want to give give everybody some context. How we started off? Hmm. Um. Heavy metal music. Yep. One hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, just just to let Bagel, know, I think if you maybe if you was there, but. I don't, just, I don't know how you guys met. I know how I met you. You came to the house and came with your bro, and you guys were jamming out to some music in the garage. That's what I remember. Well, as far as, so that's you, but for us, it was, so um, Chris and his bro were hanging out with uh, Easy the whole day, and they came uh, over to the crib. Okay. And it was like around one or two, and I came by, and I was like, who are these guys? And we just got to talking and we were just, you know, just trying to get to know each other because I've never seen these guys in my life. And these are these two dudes. They look cool. It's like these guys look pretty cool. And then uh, your bro was like, hey, so uh, what do you what type of music do you like? (laughs) 
right? And I'm like, all right. I just want to put it out full disclosure. Uh, a lot of my friends don't like what I listen to. That's what I like. So I, I listen to metal. I mean, and then okay. <laughs> I mean, I have a I have a brother who listens to hard rock metal, so I'm I'm used to yeah. it. But there are songs I like too, uh, but not the metal that we listen to. Anyway, <laughs> so we're we're. I said I told I told uh, your bro, I was like, yeah, man, I listen to metal, and like both of you hit their faces just lit up. They're like, what? Absolutely, dude. What do you listen to? <laughs> and then we just started uh, putting out. As soon as I said all that remains, they were like. Dude, and then from there became a very beautiful friendship. From there, very yeah, so. very beautiful. That's how you guys bond. That's how we bonded over <laughs> the music, awesome. and Rich. you know, and you know, kill switch engage. Uh, there's what you, dude, because of this guy, he showed me like so many uh, bands that I just had no idea of. Like I still to this day, wretched. Really, to this day, nice, wretched, very, very nice. Yeah, because like, um, like. Impending Doom. I don't know if you still listen to. Oh that. Hell like, yeah, Imp- Imp- Impending Doom or like um, As Blood Runs Black. I still listen to Blood Runs Black. They came out with another album. Ugh, boy. I know. I haven't heard it yet. Exactly, but still. And like, okay, so but here's my thing though. Um, now I want you to recollect. You gave me a little bit of a homework assignment of going back in my my mind to like all <laughs> oh, the episodes that I've listened to. Let's see about these episodes that you've recorded. It's uh, themselves, right? Oh. Wait, no, you have a notebook, too. Oh, my well, this, God. This is, this is a memory thing. It's just a memory <laughs> thing. If someone says something, to write it down just in case, like, we get off topic or something Bet. like that. But anyways, um, you also listen to, like, uh, I think you were talking about Kanye West and all of those. Uh, yes, like, I've heard of like, so, 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 like, which one is a more of a preference for you, though? Would you say that it's more, like, rap or heavy metal that you listen to? Um... Like, you're you're building a figurine. Let's say you're building a figurine, right. a model figure, whatever it may be. You need to get in the zone for it. What are you listening to? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I don't listen to neither. Really? I have a specific one. I listen to a trance, techno, EDM. Really? When I'm doing the with figurines. I have very specific types, but... If I was to choose between, um, you know, Kanye West and, you know, uh, more of the rap, more of the rap thing, Nav or, um, you know, Lil Baby or something like that. Honestly, I would, I would, I, w- I would rather listening, I would la- rather listen to, you know, you know, Kill Switch Engage. I'd rather listen to that instead. Or I'd l- Whitechapel. Or I'd listen to uh, maybe some Cannibal Corpse. And... Uh, there's others, you know what I mean? But, uh, Miss May I, you know? So like, uh, there's others I would, I, if, if I was to choose, if, if I'm building a figurine, if I'm building my gun to models, I'd rather just go with heavy metal instead. But I choose to go with, you know, EDM, maybe lo-fi hip hop, you know what I mean? That I've yelled listen to sometimes. I feel like, yeah, know? soft music would be better if you were oh, building no. your figurine. Not me. For me, <laughs> if me. I... <laughs> My more is more upbeat, but uh, you know, that being said, like going back, the music was a very big indicator. You know, what I mean, of how we all how we started, and and because of that, I still I still got like I don't play like I used to. I really don't play like I used to, but I still 
go every once in a while. Yeah. And I remember last time you came by, you were like, man, I haven't had it in a while. And then you saw my, my bro's guitar. Actually, that's my guitar, my acoustic one. Yeah. And you were like, give me that. Let me, let me see that. <laughs> and you started out of nowhere. Like, and like, it was so freaking awesome. By the way, I just want to let you know, you didn't see it, but you, you scored bad points. <laughs> With a certain somebody, yeah, she's listening. <laughs> I heard about it. Her face was priceless, bro. <laughs> and you know what? And I was also amazed because I know, I know for sure you're you're super busy. You have your job. You're also training other other EMTs. You know that's a lot of time. And you know, I'm pretty sure you don't always get a chance to you know pick around and you know maybe dabble a little bit. But I just found it amazing how you still retain those skills because back in the day, I remember you and your bro doing all that Remain riffs. That was insane. Like oh, you yeah. both doing like it was the dual guitar that you and him uh, started all that crap. I was like, oh, my, this dude is crazy. This guy, because I thought like in, and when you were younger, I thought, man, these guys, if they really put really all of their heart, which at one point you guys did, like these guys could be some real musicians, man. Some real, legit magicians. They can make this. Magicians? Magicians. No, <laughs> seriously. Magicians. Like, for real. You casting spells. Of, no, I'm just kidding. Magician no. musician. Yeah. So, um, yeah, dude. Uh, can you tell us what was your first song you played? I know. What you- um, I Will Follow You Into the Dark by... Death Cab for Cutie. That was my first song that I ever learned. Really? Whoa, really? Wait, what was the name again? I thought it was something uh, else. I Will Follow You Into the Dark. Or by Death Cab for Cutie. Death Cab for Cutie. It is a recommendable song. It is, it's not what you think it is. Uh-huh. It's definitely like a very soft, very mellow song. Okay. So like definitely to put on your playlist. You're Trans- transitioning from that like your that bro- type of mellow music to like crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you have to start somewhere. But your bro tells me of something different. What? Whoa! Mm. You remember? Mm. I'll put it to you. I asked him, "So, like, what was your first song?" He's like, "Well, uh, actually, it was from my sis." He's like, "She started playing Seven Nation Army." By the way, that's Stripes. right. You're absolutely yeah, right he, about that. He was like, and then your bro was like, "I can play that." <laughs> so he started that too, that's and right. then he's like, from there, like my bro. I was like, I can do that too. And then all of a sudden, all y'all were. That's right. Uh, before we knew it, here we are. We've seen Chris totally sweeping with his. You know what? Wait, we're uh, talking about a real guitar, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. No, like, yeah. uh, d- seriously. In my mind, I'm These like, guys, is this guitar I hero we're talking no, about? So, no, no, no. <laughs> Believe it or not, though, like, that's actually how you became a legend to us. Because, like, Willie, when you, when we first met you, like, the biggest game that you were playing was what? Guitar Hero. That's exactly. My favorite, that's my favorite game. And I remember, like, it, like our jaws were on the ground when he was just like, yeah, no, don't worry about it. Like, I'll just, like, through the fire and flames, I'll just, I'll just that's, that's my practice song real quick. I'm just going to practice on that one real quick. And I still, I actually managed to get that five star. But anyway, uh, let's get that. <laughs> All right, yeah. but yeah, segueing into the next thing. <laughs> All right. But, but anyways. You know what, a big, a big, just one last thing to make is, but that game for real was uh, one of the biggest moments, like, my dad, for example, like my dad, um, he's always listening to like 80s, 
you know, 80s rock, Van Halen, and, okay. you know, stuff like that. It, still, the, the Seagulls, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the Eagles. <laughs> and 60s, uh, 70s and 80s. So I already had, like, an introduction to rock, but I liked, you know, ACDC and Judas Priest and yeah. stuff like that. So I already had some sort of, and I liked some <laughs> of the songs. But when I started playing the game, and and I already knew most of the songs, and and I had no idea I could never afford a um, a guitar. That was the that was the only way I could get it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Anyway, but from there, that's where I started listening to all the metal that was there, and I was like, wait, what? Is, what is this? This junk is sick. <laughs> oh, six. All that remains. Let's go. Like this is fantastic. But anyway, but that's what grew me into going into metal and. Still, now it's like there's a plethora of bands that I freaking love. Like, also, uh, Bagel has a couple too. Like, I know that when we started right now, uh, what I'm listening to, I'm, um, I'm listening to Animals as Leaders. Oh, really? Okay. They're, you ever heard of them? I haven't actually. Check them out. They're freaking awesome. And then off of them, uh, I moved on to this one called Intervals, mm-hmm. a band called Intervals. Fantastic. And Bagel saw Arc Echo. Great band. Uh, color wheel, great band, freaking amazing band. Really? Well, maybe afterwards we'll show it to you after the pod. We'll That'd show you awesome. a couple of songs. Yeah, please. It'll be dope. That'd be awesome. Uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, All right, but yeah, let's segwaying again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pseudo seg. Anyways, so people don't know you, but this is what we want. This, this is what we want, man. We want people to get to know who is Chris. Sure. So, want to hear a little bit about you? What is it that you do? Stuff like that. So, so I guess. Um, Social security yeah. address, <laughs> high school transcript, your Body bank count. information, your bank information, credit card, debit, you know. So, so I guess, um, I guess the best way to start would be just be like my official title, I guess. Yeah. So, um, my official title, um, when it comes to certification level, um, is I am a firefighter, uh, emergency medical technician, and driver pump operator. So, um, all that means is if there's a building on fire. Basically, I'll have enough gear to be able to go in and get you out, provide um, provide uh, care to you, and then pump the truck that puts water on the building. You know what I mean? Excellent. Awesome. So in layman's terms, he's a first response. Yeah. First <laughs> responder, man. First responder. And uh, one thing before anything that I want to say is like, dude, I have tremendous respect for you and for the people that work in emergency response because- after hearing a little bit of the stuff that you do, I was like, dude, that's crazy. Cause obviously like anybody in the first responders, police officers, like they run towards danger yeah. while people run away from it. So, so then here, here, I have a question for you guys actually. And I want to know what you guys individually think <clears throat> sure. because like, yeah, I can tell you about like, like um, the personalities <laughs> that I usually run into when it comes to the different departments that I've been to and the people that I've seen and the friends that I have. But here's my question to you guys. Um, do you think that anybody can do it? No, no. I personally don't. I think don't so. think so. No, 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 no. Why? No. Why do you guys believe that? I believe the reason why is because you have to have some type of idea set in your head that I want to help, mm-hmm. and with that, with wanting to help, you're able to bridge this type of gap where you can endure the things that you can that you see on the job that normally people would see on TV. But when you're actually seeing it in live person and like you, you know, and you think to yourself, this is not a joke anymore. Yeah. Like you have to have a certain sense of like 
desensitized mindset a little bit. Not enough to it'll take away, you know, your emotions or anything like that, but just enough that you're trained enough to do this and you can just like push through it. Yeah. And not that for me personally, I in my opinion, OP, I think you have to have some type of mindset in order to go through that type of training. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh ordinary people cannot do this job. It's just in they there has to be a level of exposure to a certain uh I guess traumas because that's what you're dealing in. Traumas. You're dealing in that. You're dealing with someone's very bad day. And because you mentioned that to me and that that actually like the last time we spoke that like impacted me and mentally like wow this is you're right this is someone's bad day and not everyone can do that because usually you know we think of our neighbors or you know people that we see on the on the street that's not something they see every day they don't see that you know they go about their day they're working they're doing grocery shopping they're going home they're taking care of their their kids they're looking after their dog they're watching tv they eat something, they go to sleep, and they do it again. You know what I mean? It's that's not part of their daily routine. But for for a person who's in that uh, emergency responders, like that's something you see every day, and it takes a toll. I, I imagine that it takes a toll on you. So, and it takes a certain amount of spirit to contest that and continue to move forward and. Uh, deal with the problems that you're looking at you know that's happening that's unfolding uh, before you so no I don't think that this job is for everyone not at any stretch of the imagination Jonathan yeah what they said (laughs) (laughs) so here's the the thing I like to make it plain and simple they love to like just like they love to like really like tell it all as it is, but I make it plain and simple, all right? So I think it's just heat of the moment. Like people say they'll they can do it, they've been trained for it, but once they're in that situation, it, it that's when they really like when they really show if they can or cannot handle it. And even if they can, sometimes throughout the job, like what they said, you have to have that mentality, like that mindset, where like you don't lose so much of your emotions. Like you're, you stop becoming human, but people do, there are people that do end up losing that emotion. So in order for you to have that mindset, but also to like live your normal life, it's really, really tough, especially in the EMT. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> now that this is the part where I, I'd have to, I genuinely have to, I, I disagree with you guys on this one. The only reason why I said I disagree <laughs> with you um, is because um, you kind of have to think of just your character in general, you as a person, you know what I mean? Have you ever, have you ever um, confronted a circumstance that required more than just your attention, but your physical strength, your wit, being able to get through it yourself, you know what I mean? And the example that always comes back in mind, and one that's always shared with us when it comes to classes like fire and DMS, um, I think her name was uh, Rosa, Rosa Gabriela, right? everyday woman she is an everyday woman just a stay-at-home mom you know fixes lunch for her kids sends them off to school waits for her husband to come home etc etc she was living in um i I believe it was uh it was either california or florida one or one or the other 
um, when the fires started to spread, right? Because because California, uh, th- yeah. there were actually two. Don't don't forget there. Um, there are always the wherever there's a a, a park. There's the potentials of having fires, oh, yeah, and, and I, if I'm not mistaken, it's Florida. Don't fact check me on that one if you'd like. Right. But but uh, um, Oregon, are we, could be Oregon. Are we gonna do it? Because because I remember. So, oh, oh. Are we gonna do it? So, so misinformed podcast, podcast Google, Google Go. go. Let's, so. I mean, you gotta understand, we are the misinformed podcast. You shouldn't take nothing so, here to heart. Nothing so, here to heart. Okay, so, so you can so, go ahead. You so, can look for it while, as well. if, while he's looking for it. Um, I believe if it was in Florida, my brain is telling me ninety-two percent of the point. Oh, okay. Oh, he's he's listening to other things. <laughs> so yeah, um, different types. All right, go ahead. So um, basically, what had occurred is that um, Rosa Gabriela, who who um, was living currently, she was living behind a fire line, right? Okay. While fires re- were were spreading, and as fires were spreading, um, they were slowly starting to approach her house, and in her perspective, it was one thing of just her house was going to be one just like any others where the fires would start to get closer and closer to the house, consume the house, and they would be in loss of their entire home, all of their memories and everything that they would have had. You right. know what I mean? But what does Rosa do? What does Rosa do? As a standard everyday person, she literally grabs of a, a hose that's outside, a little watering hose, and a broom from the kitchen. And as she can see those fires approaching her home, her own house and everything that she owns and loves, she starts spraying everything down with the, with the hose, starts spraying the roof down, spraying the house, trying just to get everything as, as wet as she possibly can. And then, with broom in hand, staring at the inevitable, inevitable doom that's approaching her, ready to fight that fire with nothing but a hose from a garden hose and a broom. And fortunately, the way that the story ends is that the fires approach her house and they jump her house. It goes really directly around her house and her house makes it through the fire. Dude, that fire just went. (laughs) 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 And, And that's the case. The fire, the fire completely avoids her house and she keeps her house. One person alone. What's her name? Rosa. I think it was Rosa Gabriela. Um, now, think about it. One person on their own. When she woke up that morning, it wasn't as if the fires were already evident in the distance as you can see those fires coming towards her house. It wasn't as if she was told, hey, by the way, these are our plans in case, you know, who, who, who knows? What if a fire comes? This is what you're going to do. No. Just a standard, everyday woman who, when doom is approaching her house, what does she do? Herself. She doesn't think herself a hero. She doesn't think herself capable. She doesn't think herself. She wasn't thinking to herself, how am I going to defend my home when I send my children out and my husband is gone at work? None whatsoever. She was a standard everyday woman who, by her own resolve, decided in that moment, you know what? Not me. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make things, I'm going to change my own circumstances when it comes to what I think and what many see as the inevitable doom. So 
when I think of fire and EMS and when I think of when I think of fire and EMS and the capability of people, I think anybody can do it. I think anybody is able to do the exact same thing that I'm able to do. Now, as for what what someone would need in order to be able to um, what someone would need in order to be able to find normalcy or normality after going through something as traumatic as that can be completely up to the person. It, it differs from okay. person to person. But can anybody do it? 100% I do believe. Um, if, if you don't mind me saying, um, I think that's more something to do with the flight or the flight or f- uh, fight. Response. Sorry, flight or fight response. Mm-hmm. Because let's think about this for a second. Sure. If you see the oh snap, there you go, lights on. <laughs> in a fight or flight response, adrenaline is pumping, right? She sees that the fire is coming closer and closer, and you're gonna do the the best you can in any possible situation that you that you can do to to avoid said destruction. So, I think that oh. I would just. Oh, I think I think the it's more in tune with the fight or flight response and adrenaline. But I guess what I'm trying to uh, more speak towards is you could do the fight or flight response like that that could be a thing and anybody could do it per se. But could you do it to the next household, to the next one and to the next call and to the next call? That's the part where I'm talking about where it comes into mental fatigue. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, man. Like, obviously, when it comes to your own stuff, dang, you know, it's like you, you'll do everything possible. And at the same time, like, when sure. it comes to other other things, like, yeah, other people's houses and stuff, yeah, you can do what you try to do the best you can. But at the same time, could you do it continuously? And that's what I think is what entails to be, like, a firefighter. Because, obviously, you're the responder. You're the one that's doing it continuously. Yeah, but like, good. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that it, that it does. Uh, when you're right, right, what Chris said is like you have something like an impending like destruction of your home, which entails a lot of memories, a lot of um, good times, and it's a home where you feel protected and is being threatened. So I can definitely see what he's where uh, Chris is coming from. That something is being something is threatening the very foundation of what you know, feeling protected, your memories, a good time. You know what I mean, longevity, and it's being threatened. And you have two choices: you run away from it, or you stay to defend it. And I think that's what I mean. I guess what you were saying is the flight or fight, but I guess. <gasps> In her mind, I'm assuming that it was it it was more than just fight or flight, you know, because it's it's she's you're think think about it. You're thinking about what I've noticed is for a lot of mothers, um, I've seen this actually a couple of times, whether if it's like different states or even different parts of countries, when something bad is going on, maybe a fire, you know, or war, or whatever what may have you like mothers you tend to take pictures photo albums you know what i mean i've noticed that it the memories is what they hold dear where did you say it was at sorry i mean it could drive florida probably florida, florida. 
And her name is Rosa Gabriel. Something. It was Rosa Gabriella or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I find it. Find it. But the 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 point is this: is like to Rosa, it would be these are memories. This is my home, and I don't want that to go. So she made a firm decision. It's not like oh, out of the spur of the moment. You know what I mean? She saw the danger coming. And she made a firm decision. Yeah. I'm going to defend this house. Yeah. This I'm not going to let the fire burn down years of memories and years of of just good times. I'm going to defend it. So I definitely see where you're coming from, Chris. Yeah. That's really a different perspective that I that you're showing me here. It's really really interesting. Yeah. So like, let me just ask then. I don't know if it's okay. Like I'm just saying, do, sure. what what part of uh, where where do you, where's your sector? Where do you work at? So, or is it too much? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's perfectly fine. No, that's perfectly fine. Um, what I will say in general, I was just say that um, it's more of a rural area. Okay. Um, um, so when it comes to the more open areas with more farmland and everything like that, um, I'll definitely say that it's it's um, a lot longer of a response time to get from one place to another. Right. Yeah. So. And uh, I just want to – the reason I ask is because I just want to shout out to your guys. You know what I mean? I mean, if it's not possible, it's all fun. But if they're listening, um, they might be listening. (laughs) Shout out to everybody. Yeah, shout out to you guys. Shout out to Uh, You guys are, you know, true (laughs) heroes. And honestly, a lot of us would, uh, you know, a lot of the people that you're serving wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. You know what I mean? They would get to live another day, so – so, Thank you. So you're saying it's a long response because of how like far it is or just. Yeah. So, so, so. Because <laughs> I would think in the area you're in, there'd be less vehicles in the way. You you would think, but, but it's it, not, it's, not the it's, case. It's not necessarily the vehicles that are in the way, but just how you're going to get into a home. Mm-hmm. So like, think about it like this, like, um, think of like your driveway, right? Think okay. of your driveway, try to back an ambulance up into your driveway. <laughs> you know I, mean? <laughs> it's I scream my car in there <laughs> yeah exactly so it's a little difficult like it's a little difficult and when it comes to um a lot of the roads like there is a very there's a very very popular road um near our station where um there's uh <laughs> there's someone that we go to that um we've gone down her road so many times and the ambulance has driven down her road so many times that it's actually degrading her driveway, and it's actually pushing her driveway into a pit <laughs> to, the point, <laughs> to the point where the ambulance doesn't fit in there anymore. Oh, oh my God. No. so if there's and like you know, like I mean, if there's a fire, <laughs> if there's ever a fire, if there's ever a fire or anything, like response for that thing would be insane like it would be Dang. hectic to oh, say the no. least bro the least. we can't get out <laughs> <laughs> no. i feel like at that point it need helicopters maybe oh i need to try, try to get try to get a helicopter out there anytime soon so um when it comes to we we use a lot of the helicopters that actually that we set up a lot of the helos that we'll we'll set up mainly are for um patient care so it's mainly for transporting people to hospitals. Okay, so so like, so my question is, when is it like? When do they really need? Because I see sometimes people being taken by mm-hmm. uh, 
the either the either the helicopter or the ambulance. But in what situation do they really need the helicopter for? So the only times that they would ever really call in a helicopter is um, the status of the patient. So you'd have to think, like for example, let's say that your let's say that you have a a stroke center that's nowhere near in your county, right? Okay. And your patient is suffering from a stroke, right? What are you going to do? You're going to drive the, the ambulance all the way over there? Dang. Not if a helicopter can get there in 10 minutes. That's no, just call in a helicopter. Land it wherever it is that you have a clear 100 by 100 space. Land the helicopter. Send them on out. So, so Chris, um, you may not have the answers to this, but... Um, well, I, I don't know. Do, do, do you work... Like, do you, do you work in, like, I guess the division where you work in a helo or, or no? Like, do you work with the helicopter guys or no? So, in, in we work in tandem with one another, yes. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, for example, the thing is that, so, the you, you the way that you have to look at it is um, um, helo, Pegasus, whatever you want to call them, um, they are a crew in and of themselves. So, they are a crew that is on standby ready to get on the helicopter right. whenever it's time for them to get called, right? right? So they are specifically certified certified flight medics, right? So like, for example, let's say that I'm on a call and we respond, it's an active CPR, right? We get there and we're able to establish what's known as ROSC, ROSC, R-O-S-C, R-O-S-C <laughs> which is return of spontaneous circulation, right? So if we're able to obtain res- re- return of spontaneous circulation, then then time is of the essence, right? We have to get that person to the hospital immediately. ASAP. ASAP. They need care. So instead of me trying to get from point A to point B, which is the hospital, I would rather divert to somewhere that's an open field, <coughs> call a helo that's going to meet me there in six minutes, put them in the helicopter, then as as the helicopter arrives, the flight medics will get out. They'll get into the ambulance with me. Um, they'll make sure that the patient is ready to go, right? If they need any further assistance, whoever's on that ambulance that night, they're going to be on a helicopter ride because they're going to need help, right? right? If not, the flight medic crew has it. Once the flight medic right. crew has it and they said that they're ready to go, put them on the helicopter. So, so the reason why I was asking is because, like, I wanted to know, like, what's the response time from the helicopter, from the guys getting ready and, like, to get ready in the helicopter and then from getting to the helicopter to the spot? Like, what would be the average response time? 10, 15 minutes. Okay. 10, 15 minutes. That's, that's about it. So you have to think about it like this. If my, if getting to the hospital is going to take me, what, 20 plus minutes, but if I can put them on a helicopter <laughs> in five minutes less time than that. Why not just put them on a helicopter? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and obviously, you know, when if you're dealing with somebody who's probably bleeding out or something like that, those five minutes obviously are going to be golden. Can I tell you a story about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can, I mean, I know there's some stuff you can't say. I don't know if you have to put like a warning before you have to, like people are listening to Is this. it going to be gory? It's a little hey, gory. Just, uh, this guy here made a frigging... Uh, Stuff you, about his bowel yeah, movements. Yeah, you heard. I, I had about. Oh that, that was you. That was me. Yeah. I have to see whatever it is was going on with your stomach. Bro. Really? <laughs> I, 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 if you don't mind, if you don't oh mind showing like someone that you don't know, Bagel, let's end the show right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was me, bro. Let's talk medical. So, um, so. We were <laughs> all, right, all right, guys, I'm gonna give y'all a, a warning. Just uh, psych. We don't care. You just enjoy it. I don't care if you cry to your mommy. Say <laughs> they talked about blood. <laughs> Scared for me. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
yeah, yeah. So, okay. so we go from, all out in this so, podcast. So, so from this point on, just know that if you don't have the goals, just skip like forty minutes ahead. <laughs> And if you do, it's your fault. You missed out on awesome information so, from an EMT. So, yes. so we were responding to this, this this trauma call, right? The call went out as a shooting, right? The call okay. just went, dropped as a shooting. And we were just like, okay, well, did he shoot himself? Did he shoot someone else? Who got shot, right? Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> so, so um, uh we end up responding. We end up responding. But by the time that we respond, a unit is already on scene, picks up the guy, brings him over to us because they need a helo. They need to get the guy out of there, right? So obviously when when you hear an ambulance arrive on location and they're there for maybe, maybe four minutes and they're already asking for a helo, you know something's wrong, yeah. right? Mm. That looks like... So, yeah, so it doesn't look great, right? So... This, this ambulance is coming, right? And they're barreling down the road. And I mean, they're hauling it to get to our station. Mm -hmm. And as they're coming in, the helicopter's already landing. They're, like, they're, they're already looking for flight. They're looking for clear conditions to land and everything. So as they're coming in to land, I'm jumping into the ambulance to see what's going on with the guy. They need an extra help. Apparently, right, this guy had taken a gun and he was practicing shooting so he was mm. going like as if we were to, when we went to the range right. he was he was trying to take aim yeah so he was trying to take aim to a couple of things and he was like i don't know if he was setting in a gun or if he was just shooting a couple of bottles i don't know what he was doing quick qu question because i mean this this is amazing yeah, like yeah, i'm, I'm yeah. investing in the story i, I just want to know because i want to know like the frame of the whole story that's going on sure. so you arrive like we're at our station. Right, right. We're at, so, so like, let, let's say that there are two points, point A and point B, right? right. A is where the patient lives, and mm -hmm. B is where the station is, right? Right. So, B is where the helicopter is going to land, right? So, a, an ambulance already arrives to point A, where the, where the patient is. Mm -hmm. They pick up the patient, right? And they start barreling their way over to point B, to where I am, so that to they the, can... To the station, yeah. to, to the station, where the helo is, and it's getting ready for them, Right. Right. <clears throat> so as they come in, the ambulance pulls in. I jump into the back of the ambulance, and this guy has a nub just on his hand, covered in blood. Right. Right. And I'm just like, "What happened? Right? <laughs> What'd you do to yourself?" Guy's laughing. He's just like, <laughs> "Oh, right." He's just like, <laughs> he is just having a great old time, and I'm like. What is going on? And they just snowed him. They just snowed this guy so that Ooh. he couldn't feel a thing, right? Uh -huh. They snowed the ever living everything out of him, right? So he's just laughing up, having a grand old time. But apparently, what he had done was he had taken a gun and instead of just grabbing it with two hands like a normal person and shooting it, right? He grabbed it and he aimed it as if his hand was like a piece of concrete and he was aiming it like this right what and what he was aiming was a 45 caliber gun right? Jesus. on his own hand oh. and when he shot it he just boom there goes two fingers point oh. finger, middle finger. Oh, my god. oh my god gone forever right <laughs> just gone forever <laughs> And you're already looking up a soundbite for that. So try oh to soundbite someone shooting their own fingers off, right? That was easy. <laughs> I was easily blown off. What, what an, I'm sorry. Like, dude, 
Was he on drugs? Like I don't think so. I don't dude, think he was. Just, just a lot of stupid people. Just, just, they're just they're, just they're just those type of people in the world. Exactly. So like he he just literally puts it, places it right on his hand, <laughs> and then boom, go his two fingers right, and like all you see, all you see is three fingers and a big old wad of like just 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 a big old wad of blood just on his hand right, and they're just like, hey, while we're talking to the flight medics out there. You go ahead and take care of bandaging this guy. So just bandage him up a little bit more. Make sure that he's all right. Flight medics will come in, stabilize, and get him out of here, right? So um, I guess the point of the story is just like, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter how gory the situation is, right? It can be just someone blowing off their own two fingers. If it's more valuable for you to get them to the hospital quicker in response time than Fly him out, fly right. him out, dude. You know what? And it, <laughs> you know it reminds what? me that oh I, I think God. I already told these guys already, but um, I had a similar thing, not with a gun, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whoa, uh, oh, uh, I had uh, I, I don't know if you see, but I have uh, <clears throat> your hand, my hand. So yes. I was working. Uh, I used to work as a, you know, working with trees, and we'd cut them down. Me and my dad, and uh, we have a saw that. You know, it's it's a, it's an arborist saw. It's a, it's a very tiny, it's very compact saw. It's meant for climbing. So, but I was using it, cutting off some branches. And me being retarded, uh, I was cutting it with one hand. I should be using two. Yeah. But it's small, so I, I thought I'd justify it. Anyway, so it bounced off, a br- uh, off of one of the branches. Sure. And then it got me in my hand. Because I was grabbing the branch with one hand. So cutting it with the other. Yeah. I was being stupid. So it bounced. It hit my thumb first because you can see the right here. Yeah. So it started with my thumb. So you see like the, so it go like, it bounced like there and then it went across. Yeah. So oh boy, this thing literally took like a second. It was like a second, dude. Like, and I didn't feel anything. All I felt was heat. Like, it was just hot. It was not, no pain like that. I was like, what the? And then I see my hand just completely covered. That just be like adrenaline just kicking in so hard? Probably. So my dad was like, all right, we got to call. We got to, we want to call. So he calls, and that's where the paramedics came in. And I was sitting down. And like I told you, like, before, I was like, all we had at the time was McDonald's napkins. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so uh but it's what we had and so he you know we covered it up the best we could yeah. it was bleeding through obviously it's freaking napkins come on from mcdonald's from, from McDonald's. mcdonald's they don't absorb anything <laughs> loving it right anyway so yeah. uh the paramedics come in in like 10 minutes dude like and pretty quickly actually it's pretty quick because i was in centerville area so, and it's almost like five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So we're hitting in rush hour, basically. And I get on and the paramedic comes to me. Very nice guy, white guy, kind of big. And he's like, all right, uh, hey, how's it going? I'm like, let's well, going. <laughs> and he's like, all right, uh, let's see what we, he's very like, he, he was very cheery. You know what I mean? Very cheery guy. And he comes up to me and he's like, all right, let's see what we got here. And so he pulls it up and then he sees the blood just spurting, like, tss, tss, just going out. Oh. And he's like, 
okay, let's put that back on. And he started, and he gauzes it up. And then they put me on the gurney and they put me in the ambulance. And I remember, like, we were talking. And this whole time, like, this guy never judged me. He never said anything like, oh, man, you retard. What's the matter with you? But, like, he was like, we're going to take care of you. We're going to make sure you're comfortable. All right. I'm going to give you a little something. What's your pain? One to 10, blah, blah, blah. I said, uh, it's like a maybe like an eight, seven. It hurts now because yeah. the heat subsided and then now the pain started coming in. Sure. And then he was like, I'm going to give you something that it doesn't take away the pain, but it kind of puts your mind somewhere else. And I'm like, really? I don't know if you have any idea what, what he's talking about because I don't remember what he gave me. Do you have an idea of something that would, that it doesn't take away the pain, but it kind of catch your, puts your mind somewhere else? Because I know you guys have stuff in that, in that truck, the real good stuff. That's a good question. I can think of two that they could have probably given you. Um, but I'm not going to guess. But, but that's exactly what happened. Like, I felt it still. Like, you know what I mean? But I w- me and him had a very good conversation while we were driving there. While he, we were driving there. And, like, I felt it. But it was, like, I could easily ignore it. Like, it was not. I was like, ah, ah like, you know, like, I'm crying out. It, it was just, oh, man. I mean, it's a little annoying. But yeah. everything's nice. I feel great. Yeah. You know? And the one thing I do remember, because it's been, <sighs> almost 10 years probably more than that yeah uh i remember sitting there he's beside me and i could see like the little window this the little windows behind uh, in the back of the truck oh yeah and i can see uh he's like um i think we'll we'll probably take you uh fair oaks uh hospital nah we'll take you to fairfax see but fairfax is farther so we'll, we'll get there so were blazing through the trap. I could see the rows and rows and rows of cars just behind, just some massive traffic. And I'm like, how we're, how the heck are we going to get through here? Because I just see, it's like, we're going to get through. We're going to get, <laughs> and we just, I could just see, we're going like 60 miles an hour, just cutting through all this traffic, bro. And everyone is just moving out, moving the F out the way, bro. It was crazy, bro. We get there and like, Five minutes, bro. We get like five, ten minutes, bro. It was just not. Don't the what took longer is when when I was in the hospital. Uh, I was like there for like four hours in the in the hallway, just sitting there. It was wait ridiculous. in the hallway. It was in the hallway, dude. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this, man. I, well, this this can be another story time, but sure. yeah. dude, I I'll be honest. When it comes to ER stuff, yeah, you know, there's other more pressing matters, especially in the ER. But dude. Don't wait that long. I mean, yeah, you, have, you, you, you have you have people in pain. I feel you know? you. At least at least give them something. You know, like an ice pack. No, or they something. did. They give. They did give me something, but I was just waiting in the side. When finally, when I was actually when I was actually attended to, uh, this doctor came in and he saw my uh, my injury, and he was like, "Whoa," because like the the saw just blew like two or three inches off my like across my hand. And you could, when he cleaned it out, you could, I could see my bones. I could see everything. It was crazy. And I saw a couple of nicks. And he's like, can wait a minute. He's like, can you move your hand? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, this. And he could see it moving and everything wow. like that. And he's like, 
stay right there. <laughs> I'll be right back. So he comes back with like three or four med students. Uh, and he's uh, just showing them everything. And these kids are just like, I guess kids, obviously. They're like college kids. And they're just just freaking like everything down. He just went to go bring them yeah. kids just to call you <laughs> stupid. No, no, I've seen that where like if you're becoming a doctor, though, like they want to see like actual patients like in pain or like an actual patient like in the and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, go, 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 like, go. like in the hospital, like, and I think they used you because like you were basically like a a living um, you know how those skeletons have those like organs where you can see through them. Yeah, you were like one of those, but you were actually like you know, I basically basically he was saying is like they used like an anatomical yes. uh, body yeah yes. and it, it was it was crazy because when when it moved I I couldn't believe it myself like I was watching it and like they were like. Like the doctors there, he brought a couple of other ones and they had no, like, they were like, how is this even possible? How are you moving? Like your hand got smashed by a chainsaw. How are you moving your hands? Like, you know what I mean? So anyway, he had to like pull my skin as far as he could. He stitched it up. I had 36 stitches all over my hand. I had to see a hand therapist the specialist, a hand specialist afterwards. And, uh, but that was after I was, I was, it's like five. I didn't get out of the hospital till like 1130 at night. But during that time he was like, Hey dude, did you get a tennis shot? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> He's like, how long has no. this been since you had a tennis shot? And I'm like, I don't remember. And he's like, Okay, we're gonna get you a tetanus shot. <laughs> so, <Okay>. <laughs> so uh, I was waiting a little while, and this uh, super hot nurse comes out, oh. dude, beautiful man, oh boy, blondie, and uh, super. She's very, she was very sweet, but she's like, she, I think she's like that type of nurse, and I think any if any nurses are listening to, she, they probably like you would probably like relate or something. She's very sweet, but she's like no nonsense. You know what I mean? She's like this. Okay, all right, drop him. That's what she said. Like she comes in, she's like, "All right, drop him." And at that time, I was drugged up, so I was hitting on her. Anyway, so what? Yeah, Myra was there. Myra was there. She like she came to see me, and uh, I was super hopped up. I don't know what they gave me, but I felt like it was not what they gave me inside the hospital, inside the ambulance. They gave me something else. That thing got me, bro. Like, I don't know what it I didn't feel jack. But um, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Too. I didn't feel that, nothing. That stuff's good, bro. That's so good. Uh, they, so she comes up and she's like, all right, drop him. And I'm like, dang, girl, at least buy me dinner. Like, dang, girl. And she's like, all right, what side do you want? And I'm like, girl, any side you want. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she's like, oh, and my sis was like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I was like, and then, uh, yeah, she sticks me right in my booty. She sticks me right there. Wait, hold up. She had, what? She had to put the, the shot on my butt. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, she sticks me in my booty. Like, yeah. Booty cheek. That's why she asked me which side did I want it on. Uh. <laughs> That's why she asked me which like, side oh, do I want it on. And I'm like, first. And like since I pulled them down, I'm like, girl, you can pick any any cheek you want, girl, any size. Any it's cheek. all good. 
But that's I'm saying that was the drug side of you know I was drugged up. Okay, gosh, give me. But anyway, at the end of it, but the whole point was, uh, you know, like when when I was being transported, like they really took care of me, man. There was really like the, there was no judgment there, you know, because obviously I'm I'm well aware I did something dumb, you know what I mean. Yeah. But it's another thing when someone else is like, like you know what yeah, I mean? And true. it's really cool that these guys, you know, they're really putting themselves out there to help you out, make sure that you're okay, transport to the hospital to get the care you need. Which is why, you know, I want to shout out to Chris's fire station. Obviously, we're, we're not, yeah. No, just say eight in general. Yeah. They'll, know yeah. they're, they'll know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. well, I'm eight. Sorry. eight. Eight. Oh, well. Eight. Yeah. All right. Shout out to shout fire out station to eight. eight. Hey, man, honestly, like, bringing out one of your best out here. Honestly, just after hearing the stuff that just just a, just that example of what you went through and then yeah. um, earlier, I think it was like last month. Yeah, 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 last month, last month when you when we went to go to the shooting range mm-hmm. afterwards, just the stuff that I was hearing, uh, kind of the things that you go through throughout like your, your day as as an EMT. Yeah. Just I have profound respect for the people that work in the emergency services because it's just not it's just not every day man it's just it's like i said you told me and and this stuck with me too you deal with people's worst days and that is like dude obviously when when people have like worst days like as an ordinary person you're like man oh god i forgot to turn on those reports damn it <laughs> <laughs> that's not a worst day <laughs> no i think it's more like oh I, you know i i rear-ended someone like no, fender I get, bender. I, guess, uh, I see what you're trying to say, though. No, yeah. but like, it's man, their like, they would be yeah. freaking Bob. Why don't you bring me the damn reports? Yeah, damn it. <laughs> it, it's 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 definitely one of those things where like <laughs> the, the the job that you guys usually have, like it, it correlates to uh, uh like its specificity and stress. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like for example, whether it's HVAC or IT or I'm not. Okay, uh, Uber. Uber. Uber, Lyft driver, Lyft, Lyft driver, yes. Lyft driver. So regardless if it's Lyft or, or HVAC or IT or whatever it is that you guys are doing, there's always like, there's always a specificity in like the job itself. You know what I mean? So like something that will happen to you at work that you bring <coughs> home with you. Does that make sense? That that mm-hmm. only relates to you. You know what I mean? So like, regardless if it's like if you're in HVAC and you're just like I didn't have all the parts that I needed in order to build whatever it is I needed to do. Right. Or like when we were talking, I was just like, you know, right. like, oh man, they're, they're, they're bugging me about, you know, they want Helvetica. I'm trying to convince them times new Roman. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're, trying, exactly. you're trying to be super like, exactly. like you're trying to be like that. But then like a lift, I can only imagine because you're dealing with individual people daily. daily you know yes. what I mean? Not only are you dealing with individual people daily, but you know, whatever problems it is that they're having to bring into your and vehicle. Yes, yes. You know what Especially I mean? Especially when they're like, you know, intoxicated. Intoxicators yeah. are the worst have, have, one. You, have you dealt with them? Yeah, they're really? the worst. Yeah. They just act like, you know, real, you know, a-holes. How? I don't know. They're like, one, at one point, this dude thought I was going the wrong way when I was actually listening to what the GPS was telling me. Yeah. But he's like, no, 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 no. You're, you're going the wrong way. Why are you taking me here? I'm like. What is taking me? I don't know where you live. I don't know what's your destination. That's why I follow it. But then he's there, you know, obviously intoxicated because I can smell it off of him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's those people. And then I also get people that smells like dope. Really? And they just reek my car. And I hate it. Yeah. And see, and and those are the those are the, that's just the type of things that I'm talking about. Like, imagine that you're bringing all that home and you're just like, I can't believe 
this is what I had to deal with today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like what makes it what makes it harder, regardless of the job that it is that you work, is that when you come home, um, the hardest part is finding a way to relate to the people that also live in the same home as you, regardless if you live with your parents or you have your own spouse or you have your own home and or or you know, wherever it may be. To being amongst friends it, it's it's hard enough to be able to relate to the things that you deal with at work and try to bring those things home you know what i mean yes yeah. because when someone doesn't share in the same field as you um when someone doesn't share in the same field as you it, it's almost as if like there's that disconnect in people you know what i mean so like it, i can i can talk to you guys about a multitude of different calls that I've ran and the t- different types of people that I've, that I've seen and, you know, uh, 400 plus 500 plus calls that I've ran, but not, there was, there won't be anything to be able to relate to when it right. comes to sharing a majority of those experiences, just due to the fact that, um, like once you're there, it, it, it presents itself as a completely different <laughs> thing. And, um, being able to find normalcy, and just your day-to-day becomes a, a task in and of itself. You know what I mean? Um, and, yeah, so. Um, no, no I, I feel you. And you know what? It's just, man, like, when you say you need, like, when you're bringing it home and you want to kind of, like, express yourself, and it's kind of hard to express it to somebody who doesn't get it, you know what I mean? You can express yourself, but you won't do it in an efficient way. Exactly. So it's and it's tough, and then sometimes it just gets built in. You know what I mean? And and that's usually where a lot of like a lot of stress will come into a lot of um, a lot of EMTs that I know and a lot of medics that I know, because um, you sit with you you can I I and I dare either one <laughs> of the three of you you can legitimately go to any fire station. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the one right down the street from you. There is one right down the street from us. <laughs> any fire station, doesn't matter the time of day, knock on the door. I am guaranteeing you that they'll let you in and just be like, is there something that we can help you with? And just be like, I'd like a tour. I'd like to talk to you guys just to see what kind of people you guys are. Mm. Who are the people that are going to be responding to my house? Who are these strangers that who, who in a time of crisis I have to let into my own home? Is that just with the fire departments? Fire and EMS. It yeah. Fire EMS? Yeah, you can yeah. go to a fire station. Because I go. actually like, I'm not even kidding, like a couple houses away and then there's a police station from really? where i live yeah really so i always like wonder i was like maybe i should talk to them see like who's P- near me police stations i'm not 100 percent sure i can't guarantee anything about law like enforcement. What, what brings you in here sir you got the like the mad just, <laughs> you got the mad papusa face yeah <laughs> Bro, like, what are you doing here? i bro? accidentally did a 50 right here in front of you guys i don't know if you saw it it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah they come like mad hostile like, yeah what can we help you with today sir no, we can't help you today. Please leave. I stole yeah. a balloon. <laughs> yeah, on free balloon day. On free, free balloon, balloon day. <laughs> <laughs> but I took two instead of one. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that you say that. Um, like, you go to any EMT place, they'll receive you like very kind and warm. Because the way I see it is like, uh, there was this there was this uh, guy on a pod that I was hearing. He was talking about how, um. The emergency response guys, for example, the police officers, 
uh, he relates the police officers or any other EM, EMS or emergency response. He, re- he relates them to like parental figures. For example, uh, everybody loves the EMT guys. Everybody loves them. It's really hard to say, man, forget those EMT guys who brought them. You're like, <laughs> like you, you have to have, you have to have like a bonehead to really say that. But, but when you talk about like uh, police officers, like, oh, oh man, forget the police officers and stuff. Yeah. So the way he correlated was like the police officers are like are, are like the father figure. Like they they love like everybody like you know, you like your dad, but when the dad shows up, things like bad things happen. Usually. The disciplinarian. Exactly. Yeah. Right? No one's happy to see the dad. Yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> <clears throat> However, on the EMS side, I believe it's either it was either the mother or it was either the uh, cool uncle that everybody likes and has no issues with. I think it's more the mother because they're nurturing mm-hmm. and they want to like make you comfortable and like they're like you know hey everything's gonna be okay yeah. we'll bring you in yeah. we'll we'll patch you up we'll take care of you that's what I think. Oh, is like, oh actually, actually, it's like, it's like this. EMS is the well. EMT guys are like the mother fi- the mother side, and the firefighters are like the cool, the, the cool, cool uncle. uncle. Yeah, go. the cool uncle. I, I would, I, I would, I would debate that and say that the, the 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 EMS side would be kind of like the uncle only because of the fact that when people see us, they'd just be like, "Man, they're just gonna take money from me." I know for <laughs> you know what you know. What? I can see that. I'm about to look at Dude, If I see an ambulance <laughs> coming my way, I'm like, Bill. Like, if I see like me on a gurney bill, yeah, so it's, I can, yeah. It's funny that you say that because uh, I have a couple of friends of mine, yeah. uh, Emil and uh, a friend named Eric. They're both at each other's throats, like not, not, not like when I mean, yeah, in a hostile way, but more out of like a banter way. Because one's an EMS guy and the other is is a, a firefighter, firefighter guy. Really? Yeah. So they're wow. like, dude, man, you can't do anything. It's because you're a firefighter, right? <laughs> dude, what are you talking about? We're the ones saving people. While you're the ones trying to save a non like, like an inanimate object. Yeah. Like it's just little things like that. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if it's like the same thing with like. So so, so <laughs> what you'll find what you'll actually find is that um the EMS service will actually refer to the firefighters and um, all of that other section as knuckle draggers, right? They're knuckle draggers. Knuckle draggers. Knuckle draggers. Only because of the fact that you kind of think of like, if you need something moved, right? If you need, I need this gigantic piece of mass moved from here to here and I'm busy on the ambulance right now. Who are you going to call? You're going to call some little tiny frail person? No, you call them the knuckle draggers. <laughs> you call them those firefighters who are just like those big, beefy, brawny guys. And I know like a plenty of them who would just come in and just be like, oh, that thing? Yeah, definitely. And just lift that thing. Show off their masculinity. Exactly. Exactly. So 100%. Okay. I never really saw it that way, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's really cool. funny, though. You know, that's I've, a very funny perspective. I've noticed that, like, I've only seen this, uh, like, you know, in just shows or maybe just media and stuff like that, that, uh, like, the firefighters and the cops, yeah. they're, like, head-to-head on always, like, because, like, yeah, like the like cops come up and they're, like, all right, uh, yeah, we need to do this, yeah. and the and the firefighters are like, "No, bro, we're gonna deal with this first. We're gonna deal with this burning building." And it's like, 
dude, you're on my scene, bro. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, I, I, I remember this. Uh, I don't want to get too specific because, you know, obviously. Yeah. But there's this, uh, I remember this one, uh, like, news thing that came out that this firefighter got arrested okay. by a cop. Because the firefighter was trying to save somebody or something in a in a in a building or whatever, yeah. but it kind of interfered with the cops' jurisdiction, something like that. I remember and seeing then, that too. And then like, like the been- the firefighter was like, "F your jurisdiction, the people here need help." So he comes in, he ends up saving the person or whatever. But yeah. he comes out, they they like they <laughs> they take him down and they arrest him, dude. It's crazy, dude. It was just because I I I know that. There's a lot of like, I'm sure there's a lot of banter, obviously between cops and firefighters. That like, yeah, look at get out of here, dude. Like, <laughs> look, look at you. Oh, you should go save a cat. Go save a cat, bro. Like, you know what I mean? And the other's like, dude, what are you gonna do? I don't know how what they what they do. Isn't with there the- a life alert call you should be getting to? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I. But I mean, I could. Uh, I've noticed that there sometimes there's some real friction between the two departments. You know yeah, what I mean? One hundred percent. Is it, is it just you, those two you, departments? Have you ever seen friction like that before between EMS and cops, or you know, so, fire? Yes, yes, and no. So um, a lot of the times, a lot, especially when it comes to um, our county, when it comes to our county, um, our law enforcement, um, they they can they they can sometimes. I guess the best way that I can say it is that sometimes they're helpful until they're not. You mm. know what I mean? Okay. So, like, uh, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. One of um, uh, a, a really rough call that I had was um, I responded to an overdose a little while. It was a while back ago, um, but I responded to an overdose, and um, when we arrived on scene, when we arrived on scene, the guy was just splayed out on the floor, blue vomit all over the floor slowly losing color like right. he, he was he was tanking guy we were losing him faster than we were going to be able to help the guy right so in my mind i'm like this is this is a perfect circumstance when it comes to me because i know exactly what i need to do to stabilize him get him on the get him in the ambulance get him to the hospital right like i know exactly what's going to happen i'm playing it out of my head i already know what's going what i'm going to do so um we get there my assistant that's with me, um, I give him a bag, I give him some oxygen, he starts breathing for the guy, I start getting my medication, I get my Noxalone, I get my Narcan basically, um, start getting it all prepped, um, and I'm going to do an intranasal um, administration, basically, um, I'm going to give him through the nose because of the fact that there's just too much vomit in his mouth, right. um, and there's it's easy access, right? Yeah. When it comes to administering narcan to a patient um the the rule of thumb that you usually want to follow never give them the whole thing never give them all of it because if you give them all of it what's going to happen they're going to wake up you know what i mean right so if you can just give them half of it give them half the dosage and they're starting to breathe breathe for them they're starting to Maintain the respirations. They have a positive circulation. Get them in the get them in the ambulance, and get them to the hospital. So wake so, them up in the hospital. Don't wake them up in the field. Uh, right? I see. I see. So what happens? I'm getting there. I'm starting to put all my medication together. 
while my assistant is breathing for this guy and law enforcement steps in with a full dosage, with a full dosage of Narcan and rips it into this guy so hard and so fast and so much that the Narcan is actually coming out of the syringe itself Jesus. because of how much oh. they're just pumping into this Jesus, guy. Jesus, dude. Right? And they just blast this guy with it. So, so, so Chris, uh, quick question. Um, when you mean breathe for, for the person, do you mean like, like an actual, like, um, the bag? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's known as a BVM. It's, it's a bag valve mask. Right. So think of like, think of any hospital show when they're doing CPR and they're just doing that bag. That that, that little, that little, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Cause I was like, when I've seen them, yeah. So, so I I guess, I guess you're saying is uh, a system with breathing, a system with breathing or breathe for him because if he's not breathing himself, Right, and there's no perfusion of oxygen inside of his system. Right, then the only thing that you can do is place that bag onto him, um, seal it around his mouth, start breathing for him. Right, place that oxygen in him, and do all of that circulation. Okay, for him, excellent. Allow that perfusion to occur. So, anyways, so this law enforcement officer just comes in and just jabs this guy and just hits him with everything that they've got. Right, immediately wakes him up. And he wakes up, sitting up. He's just like, oh, oh boy. Uh, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. I'm all right. And I'm like, okay, listen to me. And I need you to listen carefully. Okay. What you have in your system is Narcan. It's Noxalone. Okay. Narcan does not reverse the effects of drugs. Okay, because the way that Narcan works is when you've taken a drug, right, there are receptors inside of your body that the drugs will inhabit that causes you to overdose. Too many of those receptors get blocked, you start to overdose. What Narcan does is it blocks those receptors that you have in your body, causing you to wake up. You're no longer overdosing. But what happens when the Narcan itself dissipates? You re-overdose. Uh, so right. it, all it does is just like it all it just it does, uh, just negates the effects. Just delays of, it. It delays. Puts it on a pause. Puts it on a pause. If okay. You will, right. Yeah. So it puts it on a hold temporarily, and then what happens once it's gone? It's gone. Dang. And then that's what's called re-overdosing. You re-overdose. And you can't really re-administer the the Narcan, Narcan right? Because it I, I I guess it's like too much narcan or something so it's not really about it's not really about readministration more than it is time because think about it when we administered the narcan the first time right we got there in time didn't we right who's gonna get there in time next time what happens if they just pass away right then and there so what happens is law enforcement officer gives this guy the narcan right immediately wakes him up he's shivering he's like oh my god and i'm like listen the Narcan isn't going to last forever. I need you in the back of my unit now. And we need to go now. How long does the Narcan last? I'd give it 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. okay. So, that's, okay. so you so, don't have time. So if he were to go in your car, it, I guess the max travel distance between the place and the hospital is about 10, 15 minutes. 10, 15 minutes. So that by the time that we get to the hospital, we can restabilize. And once we're restabilized at the hospital get him all the medication that he needs and all the help that he needs. Right? Now, now it makes sense why you should, why you say you'd use half dose because so, if it, it, you said stabilizes them, but if he's already stabilized, bring him to the hospital. So while he's somewhat stabilized or is stabilized, 
all, basically all of the doctors are working just to flush out the whole system as he's on a hospital bed. So, so imagine that you would have just given him a half dose, right? Right. Had you just given him a half dose, all he would have done is still with no conscious, he would have still been unconscious, mm -hmm. but he would have been breathing on his own. Circulation mm. would have occurred normally, right? Mm -hmm. And as he's breathing on his own, like just standard breathing on your, on your own, we're administering the oxygen that he needs and we're mm -hmm. transporting him. What kind of fight is he going to put up? Nothing. None. He can't. I mean, he's, he's unconscious. But since the officer um, dosed this guy and woke him up, I was just like, listen, I'm, I'm begging you to get into my ambulance and let me take you to the hospital. And this guy's just like, I'm good. I'm all right. I didn't do anything. I'm fine. Like, what's going to happen to me? Okay. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm just like, and I'm just like, listen, please, I'm begging you. You don't understand. The effects of what's currently running your system isn't forever. So what does this guy do? He's just like, oh, why am I so cold? And I'm like, the reason why you are so cold is because not even two minutes ago, you were dead. You have to understand me. Come with me. Let me help you. Give me the refusal form. All I want is a refusal form. Wow. That's crazy, and bro. We, That's crazy. And we can't oh deny him. God. We can't deny him a refusal form. Because oh if he's cognizant and he's alert, then he can sign for himself. Yeah, that's that's well, basically like leaving the hospital. Quick, like so, so question, but even if he even if he's drugged up, overdose, how is that still cognizant? Because I mean, I mean, obviously, Cause, like cause, the Narcan's oh, like because think of think of the questions that they ask you uh -huh. to ask to see if you are cognizant. What's your name? What year is it? Who's the president? Right. If you can answer those questions, you're cognizant. You're, you're cognizant. You're okay. cognizant of what's you're, you're cognizant of your person, place, time, and the events that are occurring around you. And there's nothing that we can do about it. Right. The guy signs the refusal form, and I have to leave the scene, knowing that he's gonna. There's he's no way he's gonna make it to tomorrow. Not, yeah. So he's not gonna make it to is, tomorrow. Is there a follow up to it? Like, did somebody else come out there? Or mm -mm. oh, dang. Yeah. Well, from oh. my from my understanding, from my understanding, at least from from the story, doesn't end well when it comes to his case specifically. Okay. Um, well, well, I, I don't well, wish ho to. Hopefully, you know, it turned out. Yeah. Okay. Ho you know, hopefully, hopefully, this is a turning point. In his and, life. and and that's what I mean. That that's why the point of the story was that of of law enforcement. You know what I mean. Sometimes it's sometimes it's a buddy buddy system. Sometimes we're there and we're working together to accomplish the same goal. Right. But then you have sometimes where you're working with law enforcement and they just jump the gun a little too Yeah, too they took, he took matters in his own hands. When they mm -hmm. took matters into their own hands at that moment, he got taken away from me. And what happens then? I have to then watch as a patient, signs a refusal, and then I have to walk out of his life forever. Yeah. Un unknowing of what it's going to ha what's going to happen to him the day after. So right? I have a I have a question here, uh, Chris. <laughs> Damn, my, my mouth is my mouth is Damn. my jaw is dropping right Damn, now. Damn, that is that's a crazy story, hey, man. Hey man, just so I, understand the amount of effort these EMT guys put into your lives. Just please understand. Yeah. Just just get some help, man. Uh, so have have you ever had those moments? Because again, I, I've 
I can only get this type of information through like what I see in TV or whatever the heck. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Because obviously, it's Chicago just it's, and Chicago it's, it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm fully aware. I'm 100 yeah. percent aware. Sure. That's. It's all meant for dramatic effect, and yeah. it's just a lot of it is a lot of bull crap. You know what I mean? But it's just there for dramatic effect. Sure. But there are some stuff that you know that have a nugget of truth. Like, have you ever had those things where like you're trying to treat a patient? And then the cops were like, uh, we need this guy right now. We need him to talk. And you're like, dude, I'm working on this guy. And yeah. like, he's not, he's not ready. And he's wake like, him up. Exactly. Like, wake him wake up. Him we up. need to talk to this guy. And you're like, dude, I'm working on this guy. Has, has that has something like that ever happened? Um, yes. Yeah, that has. Um, so a lot of those cases, a lot of those different types of cases will happen when it comes to, um, domestic calls so like domestics with injury right. or like a suicide call or um usually it'll also happen when it comes to car accidents only because of the need for information right because um it also will depend on the patient themselves because you have to also think like um if there is a patient who let's say they're being they've been drinking and driving right mm -hmm. Um, no specific cases that I've been t I'm saying about whatsoever, but if there is a specific case where the patient is drinking and driving and their thought is, if I can get off the scene, then it's going to be nothing but beneficial for me. So let me see if I can, Oh, I, I need an, I need an ambulance. I need an ambulance. I need to get on the ambulance. I need to go. Right. Usually what will happen is that law enforcement officer that's in charge of the scene and that's in charge of the investigation will say, before you guys go, I need to talk to this guy. You know what I mean? Um, but as long as you're following like standard ABCs, which is just airway breathing and circulation, and you're making sure that your patient is stabilized, um, then usually we'll work together when it comes to, you know, um, who that patient needs to talk to in that moment and what care that patient needs then and there. You know what I mean? So it's like, but the it, the probably the circumstances will probably change. Let's say if, for example, let's uh, hypothetically uh, they get into a their uh, uh, car crash yeah. that the person probably caused. Maybe he was under the influence, you yeah. know, and he sustained some sort of like uh, some sort of maybe internal bleeding or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he like it's not like, oh, I need to talk to this guy. And you're like, bro he's gonna die in like yeah. <laughs> five ten minutes if we don't get him to a hospital now he's like he's bleeding internally he yeah. maybe so does that the protocol change when it comes to something like that it, it doesn't actually the protocols usually stay the same because usually um it's um depending on the injuries that the person has sustained whether they are um, conducive to life or not so for example if your patient has injuries that are non-conducive to life then their health is more important because at that point, once we've transported them hot to the hospital and we've stabilized the patient, or let's say that they're stabilized in the back of the ambulance, or if they're stabilized at the hospital, whichever it is, whichever comes first, law enforcement is always to is always able to continue yeah. the investigation after the scene. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about maybe during, uh, maybe during or something like that, because mm -hmm. like you mentioned before, you said before you guys leave. Yeah. So you know I mean? and, and things and things, a lot of things can occur at that moment because, like for right. example. Let's say, um, let's say that um, that they're, they've sustained injuries that are non-conducive to life, right? And let's say, for example, 
um, they are completely unconscious. They're unable to talk, right? Right. So how can you prove if that person stays overnight at the hospital and that comes the next day, how are you going to get any sort of blood work done on this person to see if they had any sort of alcohol in their system, right? Right, right. Well, protocols for at least our county are blood work. You have blood work that occurs on scene right then and there. There is legitimately a bag, and in that bag are individual tubes. And once you're in the back of that ambulance, if you've sustained enough injuries, what we'll do is we'll draw blood from you, right? Because what we need is a sample of your conditions when you were on scene and at that moment, right? right? right. And once we've obtained that blood sample from you, right, that blood sample doesn't change. So we hand off that blood sample. I think it's five different vials that you have to fill up. So in those five vials, whether you had a seizure, whether you had a heart attack, whether you had alcohol in your system, whatever it is that you had, it's going to be right there, right then in those vials, right then and there. So you can continue in your investigation. It doesn't matter if it's days after the accident had occurred. So what becomes more pertinent is the health of the patient. And once you're actually able to, um, uh, assure yourself that they are in a stable condition, then the investigation can continue. All right. That's awesome. awesome. So, so with that in mind, I have uh, two questions, yeah. and they're going to go tandem with each other. So, obviously, number one is, um, what's it like for, like, what what's what's it like for a day in life for you as an EMT? Like, what's your schedule? Like, let's say tomorrow we got to work. How how does that work out? Like in picture and vision like how does that look like so for us what we usually have a tendency of doing is um we usually try to staff a unit um for at least 12 hours so for at least 12 hours you are dedicated to a unit right um sometimes the circumstances don't allow it for 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 a lot of people and um it'll vary it'll vary from from person to person um but what what will inevitably happen is um, uh, just like any other profession, whether it be HVAC or IT, you're consistently learning. It's, it's, it's always a learning environment, right? So whether it's learning more about traumas, whether learning more about pediatric patient, geriatrics, bariatrics, whatever they may be, um, the slew of different types of circumstances and cases that you might find yourself in, you practice, practice and practice and practice. So legit, you can be in a station staring at a computer studying or using the equipment right then and there, regardless if it's fire or EMS. I mean, due to the fact that I'm certified not only as an EMT, but a firefighter and a driver pump operator, the days will vary. So it doesn't always necessarily have to be just on the ambulance, pulling a truck out, a fire truck and pumping water out of it is still a day of practice or taking the tools out and using those tools and being able to cut, you know, sheets of metal or, you know, playing Jenga with, you know, the jaws of life and just like trying to figure out how to use them efficiently and trying to gain the memory, like the, the muscle memory and being able to use it. You know what I mean? That's insane, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. So, so it's, so it's a daily, it's a, it's, it's consistent. It never ends. The training, the, the one thing that you will learn from any firefighter, any EMT is that the day that you believe that you've learned absolutely everything when it comes to fire and rescue is the day that you have to step down, is the day that you have to leave, just due to the fact that if you believe that you know everything, 
then you're missing the point. You know what I mean? Damn. Uh, so I have a question, because um, and it pertains to your training, because obviously every training has a beginning. Sure. So at what age did you begin to go like, you know what, I'm going to go start doing EMS. What, when did you start doing the, the training? What, so at what age? At 25, I actually started with all of my fire and EMS training um, and have been consistently growing since then. I've actually, since the age of 25, I've just been in, in classes. I've just been in classes from one class to another to another. How long does it, you know, how long does the, the so I'm, I'm assuming there's theory and then there's actually hands-on training. Yeah. How long did it take you from the school aspect? Like, how long did it take the, the education? Um, I just got done with my last class maybe a month or two ago. That's crazy. So how old are you now? I'm 28. So three years, how many classes did that take? Uh, fire one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, close to eight or nine classes. Eight or nine, something Over like that. Over the span of three years. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and I'm assuming that, you know, this came out of your own pocket. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nope. No, really? really? Oh, wow. how, how did that work out? The station. The station sponsors you to go. Oh, really? Oh, wow. kind of dime comes out of, like, even currently, even currently as I um, am currently finding all of my classes for my paramedics certifications, I'm not paying a single dime out of it. Wow. I wonder how much it is if you were paying. <laughs> I think they estimated it to like anywhere from like ten to twelve grand. Wow, dang, that's a lot. And so during these three years, at what when would uh, as you're going through these classes, would you be deemed to be going like, hey, it's time for you guys, like enough of the classroom for right now, like you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think time to go on hands think, on. Yeah, yeah that's like, what he's saying. Hands on training and enough of the theory time to put the theory in practice. When it comes to EMS, when it comes to EMS, one month, one month, one month wow. after a month, after a month, you are, you are, you are to start using all of the things that you know. So when I, when I first started, when I first started my, um, my EMS classes and I started in the EMT class, um, after us, after one month of just studying and learning in classes, um, you have to then, while you're in class, have ten calls that you have to run while you're still in class. Wow. So you are to be in the ambulance, transport a call, ten ten individual calls, um, while you're still in class, and provide evidence of those ten calls and what those ten calls were. So, like for example, one month in, my first call was. Um, it's a trauma with injuries, a uh, 87 yeah. year old female flipped a quad. She flipped a quad oh. and oh. yeah, so and that was my first call. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, dang, I was like, man, I was trying to get that life alert call, man. <laughs> so Dope-toe. these, uh, so these, these 10 individual calls, you have to write uh, reports of every call. A released EMT has to write a report on you. So you go with another EMT who's already released, doesn't matter if they're a shock trauma tech or a paramedic. What they'll do is they'll ride along with you. They'll be in, they'll be in the ambulance or response unit. They'll see how you work and what you do, and then they'll grade you right then and there, right then and there. So let me ask you something else. Uh, 
with all the training that you've been receiving these past three years, sure. uh, when was it? Because uh, uh, I know now currently you said you're now training. Uh, that, that must be really something here. So let me ask you, like, when was when did you feel like um, when you went out with <laughs> when did you feel like when you were going out, you were like, you know what? I think I got the hang of this. Like, or uh, I think the paramedic that's looking over you is like, you know what? It seems like you're doing your thing. I don't have to look over you. I guess that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. So, so there's actually a release program. So you, 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 once you've graduated from class and you've received all of your certifications, you then go into what's known as a release program. In that release program, you have X amount of calls that you have to run. And there's no, it's not like you have, you have to run a hundred calls and then you're a released EMT. No, it's, you have to run, you have to see a certain amount of things. So you have to see like an OB patient or obstetrics patient or um, someone that's pregnant. So you have to see, you have to deal with someone that's um, currently pregnant. You have to deal with a pediatric patient. You have to deal with geriatric patients. You have to deal with X amount of things, cardiovascular, you know, pulmonary, regardless of what they are, you have to go through a skew of different things um, in Dif order to be, in order different to categories. Exactly. All the categories you have to go through. Exactly. So they have to see you through each one of these categories. And once you've labeled all of those categories, then they can present you to the doctor. And once they present you to the doctor, they release you as an EMT. But I can guarantee you that any EMT that's out there, and if they say otherwise, I can, I, I'm pretty sure they're making it up. Um, their very first call, because I, I know from mine, the very first call that you ran or run, um, you feel nothing but sympathy for the patient. But like as it continues and you see more and more people and like how you were mentioning, like um, that you become so exposed to it and you have um, sort of that um, you, you become desensitized to a lot of the calls that you run. Um, you can kind of tell that over a long period of time, I don't want to say that you become numb to running a lot of calls, but you kind of know how they work after right. a while. You know what you I mean? You feel the... I, I, it's the uh, best way to say it, you get used to it. Yeah, you, you okay. do, you do. You really do get used to it. Yeah, it's 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 like a routine now because mm -hmm. it, it's happened so many times that you're like, okay, this thing happened, check. This thing this thing happened, okay, check. So all these, check bo all these boxes are checked. I know what to do now, but I guess now I know what you're saying as yeah. in... If you know how to do everything, then you should stop being an EMS guy because obviously you're supposed to be learning Miami because yeah. every case, whether it's the same thing that happened, every case, every person's different. Yes. 100%. So now I understand what you mean. Yeah. So let me ask you, because I don't, I don't, because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> so. You don't have to get specific like that, but have you ever met those type of like those type of people? Uh, EMS or you know the Chad EMS guy that think that that yo bro I got yes. this I'm the best ain't nobody better I, than me I think we've seen a lot of medical shows to <laughs> ask that question no it's not even that it's not I just because you know I I know that basically in every field because yeah. I work in HVAC my bro here works IT you know what I mean like I worked in the mechanic it, shop so yeah. <laughs> there's like there's always that one guy or that one girl that's like I know the I'm the best. I know mm -hmm. everything here. Yeah. And you know what? And then, but when you put them to the test, they're like, these guys don't know anything. So in your field, have you met people that, you know, 
have the bark but not the bite. You know Ex- I mean? Excessively. And here's the thing. You will meet a majority of those people. So, so I'll, I'll say it like this. Anyone who has spent a long time in the field. So I'm thinking, what, five years plus in the fire and EMS field, right? They will be some of your most humble and some of the most kind-hearted people that you will ever meet. Like, for example, my chief. I know that my chief, he is one of the most humble people that I've ever met. He'll, he'll put anything aside to be able to help you in the things that you need, especially if you're going through a rough circumstance. I know that my chief will always be there. A lot of the people that have a lot of the bark and no bite are the students, the brand newbies, the I'm going to be a hero person, the no matter what it is, I'm going to get through it. I was, um, I was teaching, I was teaching one day and they put me in operations for the day. And all I had to do was like, I have to show them the basics. This is how a gurney works. This is how a stair chair works. This is how, you know, splints work, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, great. As I'm teaching these students and I'm like, this is everything that I've learned. Here's the most important thing that, like, that you can take with you and the rest of your EMS career. Never underestimate the great use of a blanket. A blanket is one thing. Like, have you ever seen um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Man, it's been a while. I have seen it. Yeah. So, like, so, so, um, a towel, <laughs> like a towel or a, or a blanket. Never underestimate the great use of it. You can move patients with it. Not only can you move patients with it, but you, know, you can splint things. You can help geriatrics. You can do a lot of things with just a simple blanket. And the students, they, they began to mock me a little bit because I was trying to share this information with them. And I was just like, don't, don't like, if you think I'm joking with you, I'm not. I'm trying to share something that you're going to, t- that you're going to be taking with you. And they kind of look over at me and they're just like, well, well, um, the thing is that, you know, how are we to believe you when it comes to something like that? Right. And I'm like, all right, then I have a question for you. How many calls have you guys ran collectively, right? Just collectively together, right? I think they came up with a total of like. Is this all of your students asking that? Yes. Go- no, 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 no. So like I'm asking them collectively how many calls they've ran, right? Oh, so I, they've ran together. Right. I think it, they accumulated up to like 20 calls maybe, maybe together. Wow, right? that's Nothing. That's, that's nothing. nothing. That's nothing, <laughs> right? In comparison to like four or 500 calls that I've ran, right? So when I sit down with them, I'm like, like here, here's, here's something for you to, look, to digest a little bit. And when it comes to your very first call, how did you guys feel, right? And they were just like, I didn't feel anything. Who cares? It was that person's fault. They're the ones that got hurt. What are you talking about? And I was just like, so you're telling me that you felt no sympathy for that patient whatsoever? Like you had no, you have no desire to want to like feel bad for them? And they were just like, no, no, what are you talking about? What you th- and, just, and they start talking about um, obscure calls. So like there was a guy that tried to jump off of a radio tower. He ended up overdosing on top of the tower, slit his wrists. And while he was on top of the tower, he tried to just like, he tried to, he tried to kill himself before he fell. Right. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, like he went crazy up there. They ended up, they ended up having to send a, a rope rescue team to just get up there and, and like get the guy off yeah. of the radio tower. Right. Wow. I don't remember how many hundreds of feet he was in the air. But regardless, 
the students were looking at that call and they were just like, that guy was this, that, and the other, da, 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 trying to say something negative about him. And I'm like, take a pause for a moment, okay? Listen, when it comes to fire and EMS, if you yourself can't even manage to sense a, a sense or have a, a motive of sympathy for the patient, what are you doing here? How can you yourself look at someone and say, it's your fault, but I'm still here to help you? You know what I mean? Right. Imagine the medic that was in the ambulance with you. Yeah. If yeah. they were looking at your hand there and just like, <laughs> ambulance to dispatch. <laughs> Come here. We're coming in with a moron over here. Okay, let's see it over like here. <laughs> exactly. Like, all right, let's just let's just run on over to the to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> let's get over there quickly. Let's let's, let's get this idiot out of here. Hey, 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 pass by McDonald's real real exactly. quick. Let me get me a meal. Exactly. And, and and that's just the thing. Like, imagine that they didn't. They had. They they lacked that sympathy for you. How would you have felt? You know, uh, it it was a big difference, honestly, because for me, because I knew I was 100% well aware yeah. what I did was absolutely stupid. Yeah. And it doesn't feel good to have, like, you know, the guy who's trying to take care of you is like, all right, moron, look at what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? What's the matter with you? Though, to be honest with you, it would have been completely fair. Uh, in, just in my opinion, it would have sure. been fair for him to say, "Yo, you're a moron," and you're like, "It would have been fair." Emotional damage. <laughs> it would have been fair, but in that moment, it's like it—it it was kind of like a relief, you know, mm -hmm. that he was not interested that I did something stupid, which I know it did something stupid, yeah. and he was like, "Look, we're, I'm here to take—I'm going to take care of you, man. It's going to—everything's going to be okay." And I'm like, "You know what?" At that moment, I was like, "Yeah, everything's gonna be okay," and I can go. And I felt great, you know. The four hours in the hospital, in the hallway, didn't feel that great. <laughs> Take care of me, yes. And that, was the, and that was the crazy part because of the fact that the, when 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 I was going to the students about that, and I and I tried to ask them about all of that, um, their connection to it was almost was kind of trying to tell me like, "Well, this is how us as EMTs, this is how we cope." This is how we're coping with what it is that we're looking at. We make fun of it. This, and we're like, this sounds like the new generation that we're having right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> this new generation. And, and, that yeah. the, and that's just the thing. Like, that's just the thing. Like, they, they, they were trying to tell me that this is how we cope. We make fun of the things that we are looking at. And I'm trying to tell them, like, no, 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 no. Like, like, no. You're in the this wrong is, profession. This is, yeah. this, this, is, this is not the perspective that it is that you're trying to be taking when it comes to this. The perspective that you need to be taking is one where you seek for the things that bring you normalcy again. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you, you try to come back to the things that, that make home home for you. You know what I mean? So... Um, it, it, it really is one of those things where like it, it's like I don't know if it's a generational thing I really don't maybe that makes me seem man that makes me sound old but like you're absolutely right about that like it really is just like recent yeah recent you, know, mm -hmm. you know what man that actually gave me a better perspective for you I guess I guess for an EMT it's just like how can I bring him back to a to a home in a normal environment now yeah. I guess for me it's like how can I bring them back to someone who loves them? In a, in a normal, stable uh, rhythm or something like that. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. So, Chris, real, real, question, uh, real quick question then. Because um, I know you mentioned this to me before, but you know, it'd be cool if you elaborate. 
you told me once uh, that like you went to train somebody. You were training. You were look overseeing a, a you know a budding yeah. paramedic, and you were like, you know what? Um, I'm gonna let you do, do you, and um, I'm just gonna watch you and I'm gonna see what's up. You know what I'm talking about, right? That one guy, and then you were like, do you want me to step in? Oh boy. Yes, I tell me that story. So, 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 because this is a good. This is actually a very good example of people who like who are trying to train, but then like when they actually put to the test, then it's something else. You know what I mean? He's in the moment. That's what I'm saying. He's in the moment. I don't know. I don't know if this is the exact call that you're talking about. Um, Maybe it is, Um, but and if it is, then I give I give all the credit to the student that was with me because he's a. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Um, works hard, and he's actually he actually is in the release program as an EMT currently, oh, right? Awesome. Nice. So shout out to Chris's student, the great so, guy. So, so <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, if you're listening, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so, so what happens was that the, we get called out. We get called out for a falls accident, right? And usually, when it comes to falls accidents, it was the, it was that one. It was, it was? Yeah, okay. He did so tell me. This, I remember this, that. And this is the call then. It, uh, when it's a when it's a falls accident, usually you kind of think, okay, like life alert. I've fallen and I can't get up, right? Type of call. <laughs> so you're just like, whatever. Like, we're going to go. We're going to lift them up. They're going to be perfectly fine, right? As soon as we get there, as soon as we get there, one of the students is, he's currently a student, now an EMT. Um, he shows up with me and he's just like, um, uh, I look at him and I'm just like, hey, do you think you can do this one? If you can handle this one, you're on your, like, you got it. You'll be on your own. I'll be right behind you if you need any help whatsoever. Right. He's like, I got it. Like, I got it. Don't worry about it, right? Totally fine. We get up there, like, open the door. We see 80-something-year-old grandfather on the floor, bleeding from the arm, bleeding from the head, bleeding from the neck, bleeding from the shoulder. There's blood everywhere. We're, we're trying to, like, we're there, and we're just like, okay, go. <laughs> this is your time to perform. This is what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. I know exactly what to do, but now it's your turn to tell me what to do. I'm going to take my direction from you, right? And then as soon as um, as soon as soon uh, uh, he shows up and um, he looks at him, he has a flashlight in his hand, right? He has a, <laughs> I, no, I have a flashlight in my hand. I'm sorry. I have a flashlight in my hand, and I'm pointing it at the guy, right? I'm pointing it at the patient, that's on the floor. He has two gloves. He's looking at him. He looks over at me and he's just like, can I hold that flashlight real quick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, bro. I'm like, okay, sure, man. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, fine. He, how about you hold on to the fat flashlight and then I'll start working on him real quick. Right. We start bandaging him up. We start getting him on and like, we get him into the ambulance. We transport him. And then I'm talking to him. I'm like, how did it feel? How did it feel like confronting it for the first time completely on your own? And he was just like, it was overwhelming. It is completely overwhelming. You do not expect the fact that you know that whether they're hurt, whether, whether they're bleeding, whether they're cut, whether they've fallen, whatever it may be, you know for a fact that if you touch them or move them, it's going to cause them pain. And what's the last thing that you're trying to do? It's caused them pain. pain. Ah! 
<laughs> exactly. And and so the the thing was that as we were moving and packaging them and doing everything, and I gave my report over to the hospital, and we 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 released the patient over to the hospital. On our way back, he was just like, "I have a completely different understanding when it comes to." just my approach when it comes to people. And from now on, I have to take a perspective of thinking of what I'm going to do before I even do it. Because that that's where all of the training comes in. That's where a lot of the, you know, you fake it, like you do all these mock scenarios and you try to pretend like all these things are occurring. Um, but once you're actually placed into that scenario, it's quiet. The realism hits. Because you can watch a million movies about ambulances and fire trucks. There's no music. There's absolutely no music whatsoever. No one's on the other side ready to help you because there's a second team outside that's like, I'm going in to be the hero of this story. There's none of that. It's so quiet. Fires are excessively loud. And you think that you're, you're getting yelled at because of the fact that the fires are so loud. Or the fact that there's no music playing when you're running up to an EMS call and all you hear is that genuine person crying. And you don't know what to do because you know that, you know that you're trying to get them out of here. There, there, there they go. There they go. There they go. Go get them, brothers. Go get them. So um, the realism of it hits you and it hits hard when you're out there. Because I'll tell you, my first call, when that, when that lady, when that... When that old lady flipped that quad and I was bandaging her, oh, I was bandaging her with shaking and trembling hands. She even looks at me and she's just like, is this your first call? Like, <laughs> I was like, how do you know? You absolutely know this is my first call. And she's just like, don't worry, honey. The government's going to be paying for this one. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, 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 like, this, this woman knows what's up. She's about to make bank on this one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hey so man, this you know what book, that just bro. reminded me though like because I, I i think i already told you this story too yeah is like uh i had something similar to that but i'm i'm not an emt or anything like that i'm yeah. not because uh in one of my um my last job that i was in it was like my last day really? on that job i think i told you uh this man elderly man he looks to be in his older 60s i think he was like 67 maybe almost 70 yeah. and um he goes to uh drop off some trash at this uh container area because we have uh it was like an apartment complex so yeah. they have the like a trash station for a compactor and he's carrying his trash and he trips over the curve and he lands on his face and he sustained a very big uh head injury so he's oh, bleeding dang. from he's bleeding from his uh from like maybe just above his eyebrow maybe around here, and uh, he busted up his elbows and he busted up his knees. So he's bleeding out from his knees because it's a very deep cut, apparently. Wow. Because I could see, like, it almost, because it was, like, on a curve, but it's kind of on a ramp, sort of. So you can kind of see the blood kind of move, you know what I mean? But And then there's another uh, kind of, like, trail of blood from where his head is at. So uh, we get a call like a walkie-talkie call from the office like hey look this uh we we know this guy I don't, i'm not gonna say his name but yeah, yeah. but he's like this uh we know we all know him 
and he's like, hey, uh, such and such, uh, he he got hurt. Can you guys help him? And I'm like, what? Like, we're maintenance guys. We're not equipped for this. Yeah. But he's like, he needs help. And we don't want him. And he's face down. He can't move. Yeah. And he's a big guy, actually. He's like about 6'4". He's like 230 pounds at least. He's a very big guy. Very big dude. So I go over there with the guy. And I see him. And he's in a lot of pain. And I'm like, uh, there's some people around him. Maybe some bystanders. And they're they're like, yeah, did you call the ambulance? The, the ambulance is on the way. So the guy is in pain. So I know uh, he needed like he wanted to get up. He obviously he couldn't. He's too heavy. Maybe he was not yeah. strong enough. So what I did was, since no one was doing anything, like, and he had kind of trouble breathing because he's on his on his on his front. So what I did was I just put him on his side to make sure that at least he's. I at least picked that up yeah. from that. I picked yeah. that up. I was like, yeah. I know because that's really good. I, I, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not like I said, I don't have no idea of no, I'm not anything like that. Yeah. Okay. All I do know is cause your girl, she's, um, she's a nurse and she deals with that stuff too. And I know a couple of other people who deal with that stuff. You yourself. I know is if he has a head injury, don't move him like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> True. If he's having trouble breathing or anything like that or the vomit or anything like that, at least put him to his side. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all I know. It's like, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to at least put him to his side. So I yeah. put him to his side. He was actually like, oh, yeah. And he's like, I need to set up. I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea, sir. I think you should stay right where you're at. And, he's, and he got angry at me because yeah. he wanted to sit up. Yeah. And I'm like, sir, I don't advise you to sit up. Yeah. Please just be on your side for the time being. And he's like, you he's like, he's, and I'm like, do these EMTs have to deal with this all the time? Like, yeah, yeah. what the do crap? You, do, you bro? To, do you have to deal with people this like that so, sometimes? Like, so, oh, I want to do this. But oh, actually, you know what? The ambulance came. That finally, they came in in like two or three minutes. They they came in, and uh, it was two guys, two dudes, uh, one white guy, one black guy, very young guys, yeah. and they're like, yo, thanks, man. I really, see, dude. Yeah. And I was like. I didn't do anything. I, I just put him to a side. That's yeah, why he's like, for this and he's like, dude, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. I don't want to. You do know, what? I, I was gonna say, do you deal with that? But then I forgot the Narcan story. Of course, you deal with some people so, like so, that. Yeah. So, so the thing is that that no, I mean, in, in that specific case, in that specific case, the patient was like unconscious and went from unconscious to conscious. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, I'll actually, so, so this is, this is, this is a story all by itself and it's actually like how I got my nickname in the station. Right. So the way, okay. All right. So, okay. Here we go. Here, <laughs> here we, go. we go. So my nickname in the station is, um, Carlos and Dr. Love. Right. So that's that's my. my I like Doctor Love better. Right? <laughs> you should but put that soundbite though. Ooh, la, to la, your la. station, so. everyone, please welcome our guest, Doctor Love. Love. Coming so, to your station, so, so, Doctor Love, doc- aka Corpse Husband. So, so <laughs> the thing was that, like, so so, um, there's a story to every nickname, right? So like the one, like my one of my best friends, mentor, teacher, and everything. His name is Jalapeno. Like he's known as Jalapeno. Because he's Jalapeno business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually a bad joke. Looks for Put the joke oh. one. There we go. Oh, that was bad. Wrong one. That was really bad. There we go. So, so um, when it comes to like uncooperative patients, 
I know for a fact that you can relate to this just due to the fact that you've you've moved a lot of intoxicated people mm-hmm. from one place to another, mm-hmm. right? And the one thing that they cannot cease to do is talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like talking is like their vice. They love it. They love it. They just go straight Shut to up. There. You stupid. <laughs> so, so um the way that I got the way that I got my nickname in the station of Carlos and Dr. Love was actually one call that I ran and like the one call correlated both nicknames, right? We show up to this house where it's a domestic within dream and lady is like 70 something years old, right? Um, when we show up, she's like, I'm the first person in the door. And in my mind, I'm like, I need patient contacts. I need to be able to, you know, transport her to the hospital, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So when we show up, I'm the first one in the door and I'm just like, Hey, what's going on? My name is Chris, right? My name is Chris. Can you tell me what's going on today? Right. And this lady is in tears and she just looks at me and she's just like, Stops crying, looks at me, and she's like, you know, you don't look like a Chris to me. You look more like a Carlos. And I'm like, that's besides the point. That's, that's besides the point. I'm not here. I'm not here for this. I'm, 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 I'm here to help you. Um, give me a little bit about what, what happened and what's happening. Did your mic go out? I think so. Uh-oh. Uh, well, don't worry about it. Keep going. <laughs> so um, uh, I'm like, Okay, my name is Chris, but how can I help you today, right? So she looks at me, and she's just like, you know, she gives me her circumstances. My husband's doing this, blah, 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 blah. I feel like, I feel like I'm bleeding from the head, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, because remember, it's a domestic. It's a domestic with injury, right? So I go over. I start looking at her head, start giving her a little bit of an inspection. As I'm giving her an inspection, and I'm like, I'm doing a quick assessment on her, right? I'm like, hey. I think it's important that we take you to the hospital just because of the fact that she has what's known as a hematoma present on her head. It's just a knot. She has a big old knot. She has a big old knot in her head. Right. And I'm just like, okay, um, time to, we're, we're, we're just going to get you out of here as fast as we possibly can. So the way that we're going to get you out of here is I need to move you from where you're seated onto my cot. Right. The way that I'm going to do it, is with a mega mover, right? A mega mover is basically a blanket with handles on it. That's all it is, right? So the way that I'm gonna get this blanket underneath her is I'm gonna put my arms facing her underneath her, grasp my hands, basically like I'm giving her a hug, right? So if she falls forward, she'll fall into my chest, but if she falls back, she'll fall into the back of the chair, right? Okay. So I grab right. her, I grab her, and I'm assisting her up. So I'm as I'm lifting her, right, as I'm lifting her, they put the mega mover underneath her, and then I place her back down. The moment that I place her back down, right, she looks over at her husband, who she's been arguing with, and she's just like, why don't you hug me like that, huh? <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, oh my God. You, are, you are making Bruh. this so much more dramatic than it needs to be right now. <laughs> like, please let me just, let me just. They like, will find that. <laughs> let me do my job. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So then as I'm, as I'm like getting her prepped and starting to move her, right? Like, I'm just like, hey, listen, as I'm moving you, it's going to feel a little weird. I'm going to wrap you up like a burrito, lift you up. Me and my assistant here, Jalapeno, we're just going to move you, okay? She looks at my assistant. She's like, hmm, 
Are you Samoan over there? You look you you looking thick over there, right? Oh my god. And my assistant. <laughs> oh my god, no. My, my assistant pick like, you up. My assistant is like this is like no, I'm actually I'm actually Hispanic, but 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 thank you. I appreciate like the compliment, right? And she's just like, um, Carlos, what's gonna happen to me? And I'm like, my name's not Carlos, it's Chris. So <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just gonna move you from the chair onto the cot. And she's just like, Carlos, I'm scared. I'm like you're gonna be fine, okay? <laughs> Just let me help you. This is so dramatic. I want so, to be this way. So we lift her up. We lift her up. She's she's not the lightest thing in the world, but we lift her up and we put her onto the cot, right? And she's just like, Carlos, where am I going? And she's like, we're just taking to, it's first of all, it's Chris. We're taking you to the back <laughs> of the ambulance right now, right? We're taking you to the back of the ambulance right now, right? And as soon as we get you in the back of the ambulance, we'll, we'll make sure that, you know, we're taking as best care of you as we possibly can. And she's just like, okay, Carlos, I'm scared. Will you hold my hand? And I'm like, no, because I'm Chris, not Carlos. <laughs> Tell Carlos, if but not Car <laughs> If Carlos was here, he would, he right? He would, right. So, so we get her into the back of the unit. And as we're doing so, like, I'm, I'm, I am holding her hand. I'm trying to, yeah, make, I'm trying to make her feel it's comfortable. It's the sympathy, right? It's sympathy. I mean? I'm yeah. trying to make her feel comfortable in the back of the unit. And, like, they close the doors on us, right? So we have a driver. We have my assistant that's with me and myself, right? I'm the, I'm the lead on scene. So any questions, they come to me, and then they, they, I delineate whatever is occurring on scene, right? So as we package her and she's in the back of the ambulance, I'm looking at her, and I'm just like, if there's anything that you need, just let me know, and I'll make sure to help you as best as I can, right? And she was just like, you're all the help that I need. You're my doctor. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> hey, bro, you trying to pick me up or what? What's going on here? <laughs> she's just, it's like, you're all the help I need. You're my doctor. I don't think you go. My doctor, no. Are you sure and this I'm was like, an actual like call this for is an help? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, are you this sure? This was an actual call, but or was wait, the not really? But wait, it? bro. It's so, so like. Yeah, so I like, don't bro, think. I want to, bro. I want to play the Thug Life song so badly, so, but <laughs> it's the not, bro. So, so like, yeah, probably right. Yeah, exactly. She's hallucinating at this point. But so what, what ends up happening is that as we're moving and we're taking her to the hospital, she just starts telling me her life story, right? And as she's telling me her life story, she's just like, are you, are you dating anyone right now, Carlos? And I'm like, first of all, it's Chris. And yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. She was just like, cause you should meet my daughter, Carlos. And I'm like, what? And she's just like, <laughs> man, I'm coming through. <laughs> just, well, wait, cause she's just like, she's just like, you should meet my daughter. She's very accomplished. And I'm like, congratulations for you and your daughter. I'm very happy for you. I hope that you have a love. It sounds like you have a very loving family. And she's just like, no, she got herself through school, Carlos. And I'm like, it's Chris. But congratulations to her. Like, congratulations to her. That's fantastic. And she looks at me and she's just like, she's even got a J-Lo booty on her, Carlos. And I'm like... Are you gonna talk about it? Okay. Yo, no. right now, hey, hey, right now, your girl getting it ready, bro. <laughs> she, yeah, I, I don't. She knows the story. All right? I, I don't think she would appreciate she that. She knows the story. Bro, already. bro she's pimping her daughter out. Even more, bro. Even more, she's bro. She's pimping her daughter out. <laughs> yes, even more. Yes. So, so the thing was that, like, so and uh, she, my girl, already knows more than. 
knows the story already, but um, I'm sure she didn't appreciate that. Well, not even that. She finds it hilarious just due to the fact that that because the thing is that as soon as as soon as we get so like we we have this whole entire transport right. We have our medications. We get all the way to the hospital. As soon as we drop her off, right. As soon as we drop her off, I'm trying to avoid eye contact, right? Because I'm just like straight to the nurse. Give my report. Get out of there, right? So like as soon as I get there, I'm just like, all right, this is what happened goodbye right and then i realized as i'm packing up that her medications that i got from the house are still in the ambulance the nurse already left so it's just her in the room and i have to drop off the medications before i leave right so i'm just like oh my god what the (laughs) heck am i gonna do so i'm just like all right here i go (laughs) grab the medications put (laughs) Put, grab the medications, put them in the room, leave. That's the game right now, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, perfect. Sounds like a done deal. I grab the medications. I open up the door, make a beeline to the make a beeline to the little like there's a little countertop. I place the medications there, and like she's laying down. She's laying down on the on the hospital bed, and as she's laying down on the hospital bed, she's just like, Carlos, Carlos, is that you? Is that you, Carlos? And I'm just like, oh, damn, what am I going to do? <laughs> Get me out of here. So, so, so I look, so I'm just, I'm, as I'm walking away slowly, I'm just like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's me, but I, I'm leaving. I, I hope you, I hope you a speedy recovery, you know, and I hope that you're able to make it home sooner than later. You know what I mean? And you're not staying at the hospital longer than you have to be. And she's just like, She's as she's looking at, she's not even looking at me at this point. She's just like staring out into the oblivion, and I'm just walking away. And as she's as I'm walking away, she's just like, "Goodbye, Carlos. I love you." (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's not gonna work out for you, mom. (laughs) All right, all right. And and then and then I can hear you like from odds way. It's still crazy. (laughs) We should see other people. That's exactly what happened. So, wow. But yeah. That's insane, dude. (laughs) But, you know, it's good, though. Like, you know, it's good to reassure them, you know, that, and you did your job there. Like, you you have to reassure them, make sure that, you know, they're comfortable and as you're transporting them, that, because I've noticed that, you know, a lot of their recovery and, you know, um, them trying to get through it, a lot of has to deal with, uh, you know, their mindset and if they have a positive mindset it helps them with the recovery and it makes them more optimistic and such 100%. that's a good thing yeah 100 i know that you guys are mentioning like um um yeah no no the 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 atmosphere that you provide is definitively something that um affects the patient because especially when it comes to patients the worst their worst enemy is themselves they they affect their vitals critically and as long as you take that perspective of you know no matter how many flowers you rip out of a field spring will always come right. type of perspective right. you kind of give them a little bit of that hope so so uh i think we're going to be wrapping up here soon yeah. uh before we do a couple of things um for the newcomers who are going to be coming in who want to do this type of job do you have some sort of a you know, aside from all the other advice that you've been given, is there some stuff that they they have to keep in mind if they like if they're thinking about it? They're not yet into it, but they're yeah. like, I'm thinking about it. What would you say to those type of people? Um, 
I would just just a lot of what we've been recollecting on today, which is a lot of just um, the humanity in a lot of people is never lost as long as you're able to show that sense of sympathy. You know right. what I mean? Um, just because you've taken it upon yourself to be the first person to um, be there when people need you the most, assure yourself that it does not become a title by itself. Right. And assure yourself that you're in you're in this field not because you're trying to obtain some sort of heroism, but because of the fact that you're you're trying to do the best that you can in a field that really needs a lot of people. There are a lot of people needed, especially in this field. Um, even during this entire COVID, like this entire thing that's of, that's of occurred with COVID, you've noted that. Um, when it comes to EMS personnel, EMTs, shock trauma techs, paramedics, we need them. We critically yeah. need them. Yeah. Critically. And it's just it's, like nurses. It's crazy because uh, you, I know you mentioned this uh, to us earlier uh, when we had a conversation is that just because the pandemic was going on, you guys didn't, it, it didn't stop for you guys. It it's like, uh, COVID? Yeah, no, get yeah. back out there. Yeah, yeah, it exactly. was like that. It actually was more like double time. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we we went from responding to a, a, a simple like sixty calls, sixty to seventy calls a day. I think it went to one hundred and fifty something calls yeah. a day. Yeah, a day. No, wow. So and uh, you know, um, what you guys do is just just insane it's just amazing you know and, what i mean and, Heck yeah bro and on top of that um i encourage you guys like continue to do exactly what it is that you're doing um providing this sort of atmosphere that you guys currently have of just like a conversational tone where it segues from one thing to another <laughs> and you you feel as if you have the opportunity to not only share what it is that you know but um, on top of that, maintain a very positive atmosphere. Um, it is unique. It is absolutely unique. You know Dude. what? Uh, just real quick. Um, yeah. I, I like what you mentioned because obviously when we talked earlier, uh, I like this um, thing that you told us uh, that when you listen to us, uh, you said you felt like you were in the room with us. Like with a bunch of guys talking, you felt like you were a part of that conversation. You were yeah. just sitting in there. And I was like, you know what? That's the type of thing that we're trying to aim for is that like we want to make it feel like, you know, at least to our listeners that they're in there in the room with us as 100%. we're talking and we're just having a good time You're and doing stuff like an that. Amazing job at it. And misinforming everybody. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, also, a couple of announcements. Cool. Um, we actually have a new social media um, at. It's on Instagram. Oh. We are the Misinformed Pod. Uh, just sounds cooler saying the Misinformed Pod instead of the podcast, obviously. Yeah. But, but anyways, yeah, we're uh, we're found on there on Instagram. Just go ahead and give us a follow. Or if anything, just take a look at it. See if you want to follow or anything. It's just no pressure. That's just some. That's just another place where you can reach us out at. And uh, also at the same time, speaking about um, doing the. Uh, making you feel like you're really with us. Um, yeah. We'll be doing like some type of like segments. Where we'll be doing something of the along the lines of uh, it's A I T A, it's a Reddit thing. It's called Am I the A Hole, where we where uh, we read this. We're gonna read some stories to you guys, yeah. and then at the same time, like I want you guys to have like a perspective, like 
man, 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 you know, that person really is the a-hole or maybe that person isn't the a-hole, you know? So I want you guys to like follow along, have your own opinions, have your own perspectives at the same time while you're listening to us, have our perspectives. Because as I was reading this, I was like, man, I had my own thoughts, but then I was scrolling down the comments and like, hmm, I didn't, I didn't think about that at all. So yeah, you know, there's something new that we'll be uh, adventuring out towards. But uh, if anything, with, uh, Furthermore, I want to uh, appreciate you coming out here, Chris. Yeah, I know it was uh, it was a drive, especially. Did you just get, come out of work as well? Uh, no, actually, um, but completely worth it. Completely, yeah. Worth okay. yeah. Okay. You know what? I don't want it to be like that one. Uh, you know those those moments where I remember you told us one time that like when you when you're you're off duty, mm-hmm. and then uh, if if somehow. You walk, step foot on like the fire station. You're on. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. And I, like, because you told me one time you came, you like, you just went to sign a couple of papers and oh, you were yeah. off. And you're like off duty, and then a call came in and you were like in plain clothes. You were like, yep. all right, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go. Dang. Yeah, man. But other than that, dude, I want to have you here on again, man. I, w- I, I would absolutely love to. And if anything, I kind of want to hear a little bit about how it was like in your experience. How it was uh, handling. Uh, being an EMT during COVID, because that's sure. very because that's very interesting. Because obviously during COVID, like during the lockdown, everything was just completely restricted. Yeah. But seeing as you had, uh, you know, double the amount of calls that you've went through, it yeah. just it's very interesting to hear, especially as an EMT. It's but it's interesting to hear the the perspective and how difficult it was to go through such a difficult time that yeah. we were in. Especially there might be different protocols now that you know yeah. that happen now. Oh my god! All right, so uh, you know what? Let's wrap this up. Thank yeah. you so much, Chris, for it's coming over, dude. Thank Again, you. shout out to was it Station uh, Eight? Yeah. St- shout Station out to Station Eight. Eight. Also, shout out to all the EMTs that listen out there. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram. It is uh, the Misinformed Pod. Uh, give yeah. Ho- hopefully, you guys give us a follow. But uh, other than that, yeah, man. Also, give us a rating on on yeah. Spotify. We're That's not on Apple Play yet, but give us one of rating oh on Spotify. Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. But people were actually asking me about that. Like, if you were on Apple, yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, uh, yeah, we will. I will start uh, rolling out. Possibly, you know, possibly this episode will be the first episode that I'll be rolling out on um Spotify. Uh, Spotify. Uh, Apple Play. Apple okay. Play, yes. Nice. Yes, for sure, for sure. Nice. Gotta, we gotta go out there. Mind. All right, then, guys. Yeah, fellas. But then again, Carlos, thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <man>. Chris. <laughs> thank you so much.